this is Ralph Shaheen from Fox Sports, the home of Supercross. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show, and I'm a Niner fan, and we're going to take the Cowboys down. Yeah. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Brittany Chisholm. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. What's up? Episode 102. We are back for another exciting episode. That was a little Alice in Chains to open up with because we have Mr. Justin Hill on tonight. He's a big fan of the Chains and the 90s music. And as I mentioned last week, he's got a new album out called Bitter on iTunes. We'll talk about that. And Alice in Chains is just badass. But anyway, the Moto X Pod Show, as always, title sponsor, Torque One Racing. Uh, Torque One Racing is providing high-quality, economical performance parts. Check out TorqueOneRacing.com for grips, pegs, handlebars, shifters, brake pedals, and more. Johnny and Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry, so follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also our other sponsors, longtime sponsors, Shock Socks, MX Girl Design, Charlene over there is killing it. She's making me some new graphics right now. All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces, Mad Jack Synthetics. Dane Evans is an independent Amsoil dealer at Mad Jack Synthetics. Fly Racing, best gear on the market, and Power Band Racing. We've got some uh, Power Band Racing giveaway stuff coming up soon if you have WP Suspension. I'm going to tell you about that in just a moment. So, uh, the winner of the Acherby's Plastic, if you guys follow us on Instagram, you know that Acherby's is now the sponsor of the podium. And the winner for this particular month is a guy named Mark Kelly. He won. Uh, he sent in his an email to the MotoXPodShow.com on the contact form, along with a bunch of others of you guys. And we, we drew names last night. Mark Kelly was the winner. So congratulations, Mark. Uh, you guys know that Kirk Hunter at Extreme Colors is painting a helmet for us. Still haven't quite figured out how we're going to do that. Um probably tell you next week the next show how we're going to actually give that away uh we're going to be doing one this year that's patreon supporters only so if you're not a patreon supporter go to patreon.com search out the moto x pod show and and support the show man it means a lot to us it helps us out and we're doing some giveaways and some content specifically for our patreon supporters including this month's amsoil giveaway so we're going to do a amsoil four stroke pack thanks to dane evans at mad jack synthetics and I'm going to do that on Patreon only. So if you're a Patreon supporter, go to the Patreon page, send us a, a message on Patreon, and tell us why you like the Moto X Pod Show. What about it? Uh, you know what what draws it? In, what draws you guys in to listen? What what we're doing that you like, and we will pick a winner for the Amsoil giveaway. Uh, before I talk about any of these other giveaways, once again, my good buddy Derek Weddings in studio. Derek, what's up, bud? Oh, not much. Is glad to be here. Glad to have you back, man. Everybody loves your voice. You're uh, definitely a 
you're you're you definitely could have a radio career if you weren't a crane <laughs> operator. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why they keep me inside that glass booth on that crane, so nobody has to listen to. Me. <laughs> oh no, we like listening to you though. That's the thing, man. Everybody seems to like it. It's pretty cool. I, I get a lot of a lot of feedback on you. Well, I'm glad to be here. Uh, love motocross. Love all things dirt bike and dirt scooters, and uh, from vintage to to modern stuff. And uh, try to try to do as much of it as I can. Hell yeah! Well, we all did. You get to do any riding this last weekend? Because I did not. No, I went to ride, and just a whole lot of people just didn't show up this weekend. I guess it was the holidays and stuff like that at Village right. Creek that uh, kind of made a little little lack on the. Uh, Turnout, turnout, and stuff. So yeah. just kind of came back home, did some uh, maintenance and stuff that I needed to do. Well, I'm making a trip to Dallas this weekend, and I texted Terry Cordray with Village if to see if he was going to be open this coming weekend. And he's not. So we, if you're in the East Texas Dallas Fort Worth area, uh, I'll be out at South Central MX. Uh, I think Dirk's co- or Derek's coming out. Uh, I believe Mark, Muscle Mark's going to be there. Uh, Corey Dowdy, one of our buddies, is going to be there. Man, that place always has a good turnout. So if you're anywhere in the area. South Central MX in Edgewood, Texas this weekend. It's going to be a, the place to be, it sounds like, at least for a little while. It's going to be good weather. I think it's going to be like high of 73. Yeah, it's supposed to be real nice. Love it. I'm excited. I, I'm ready to get back on that bike, check out my new my new suspension that Works Wheels and Mods did for me. Brett over there hooked me up, and I got to ride it for the first time at um, Cycle Ranch. But the track was a little different, a little sandy, little, and I've got a few adjustments to make, but I'm going to test that out. Uh, and speaking of works, wheels, and mods, Brett does Cerakoting. Um, if you guys have seen the pictures on, Insta- on my Instagram, I posted pictures of my upper fork tubes and my uh, rear shock upper housing, and he, he Cerakoted that. And he is offering a deal to our listeners. We're going to do some giveaways. Um, good job, Derek. Sorry. It's all good, man. Um, we're gonna. I want you to enter a contest to get a free Cerakoting on either a clutch cover or stator cover. You good? Do you need? You can take that if you need no, to. No, I'm good. Oh, you just you just upset because it went off? Yes. Oh, it's all good, man. Hey, we're not professionals here. <laughs> no, no worries. It's all good, dude. But um, Brett is going to do some seracoding for our listeners. He's offering, first of all, really good deals if you don't win these contests. But once a month, we're going to do a giveaway. So, um, hit up on Instagram. Send us a picture of your bikes, of your clutch cover or your stator cover, tagged at Moto X Pod Show and at Works Wheels and Mods, and we will pick a winner for that contest. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty cool because the stuff looks sick, and apparently you can Cerakote almost any color. I always thought it was just like black, but it, like, apparently you can do red and blue or whatever. Well, I'm real impressed because they really looked clean, that's for sure. They look badass. Yeah, I'm going to send them my covers. So, the only problem about that is like, I don't want to pull my clutch cover off and let the bike sit while he have to send it and paint it because I want to ride. So I'm going to have to order another cover and send it to him. But he does amazing work. And if you don't win the contest, like I said, he's offering some really special deals, some prices for you guys. So, yeah, check Brett Hooper at Works Wheels and Mods. And, again, stay tuned for a way to win some a uh, re- revalving. Uh, i got to look at the damn coupons for the – from – Power band racing. He's going to do like freshen up your oil for free. Uh, I think it's revalving. I'll, I'll pull the coupon out here in a minute, but I'll be posting about it on our Instagram. Um, so, Derek, uh, anything like you, you raced this last weekend, then, right? At Village? No, we or were you just rode? We were going to. Oh, you, and, okay. Uh, I came back and did the maintenance and stuff that I needed okay. to get done. Okay. So, this, you did This weekend, plan on coming up and riding with you on Saturday at, at South Central. Yeah. And then uh, 
turn around and we're racing an Arma vintage national uh, regional type of deal down yeah. on Sunday in, in Downey, Texas, an old GP-style track with rubber band start. <laughs> That's right. I've never done Well, you know what? I think I did do a desert race when I first started riding in Barstow. I think we did have a rubber band start. I remember yeah. that. That's wild. <laughs> well, you definitely don't want to be on the end where the rubber band <laughs> comes back face. and gets you back. Right. Yeah. So, hey, before we get into our first guests here in a little bit, uh, you know, we're, we're a month away from Supercross. What's something that you're most excited about? Is there any one particular story, one particular rider, anything at all that you're like, hey, I can't wait to see what happens? Um, I'm really kind of wanting to see what happens with uh, Roxon. I think he's... Uh, I think he's slowly been taking his time to get back to where he needs to be, and I think he's going to be a real force to reckon with this year. I agree. Um, you know, they were talking about him last night on Pulp a little bit, actually, you know, and just whether his arm is ever going to be 100%, and, and you know, realistically, it probably will never be 100%, but that doesn't mean that he can't adjust the way he rides, adjust the way he trains, and be 99% of what he used to be before he got hurt. But I think he's going to be impressive this year. I really do. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's gonna. He's gonna be there. You know, every every weekend. And, yeah. Uh, and of course, Eli. Of course, you know, and maybe he can. Uh, he can change things up and uh, change his program to fit the Supercross a little bit more. I think know? so. I think we're gonna have a hell of a battle between the top three guys. Obviously, Marvin. I think is hurt. He's he's gonna be out for a little while. It sounds like, but Eli, Jason Anderson, and um, Roxon. Roxon. I think are going to be amazing, and I really believe that guys like Zach Osborne and Plessinger, the three main rookies in Savachi, are going to be right there. I maybe not every weekend, but I think there's going to be there's one of them just about every weekend. I think is going to be, you know, have an effect on the on the uh, finish. Well, I was real impressed with Savachi at uh, Vegas. That that yeah. that ride that he put in out there, it was really impressive to yep. me. The guy showed his a. Uh, Showed his matureness and uh, you know his his business sense about the riding and everything, and because uh, there's 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 just natural talent, and then there's someone that actually knows how to make it work, and that's yeah. what I think Savachi's got. That he just uh, he's been everybody's just been waiting for him to get on the 450. Yeah, I think so. You know, we had him on a few weeks ago, right after the Monster Cup, and you know people gave him a lot of crap because he's had some issues where, like you know, a couple years ago. He, he could have won the championship, you know, and made some mistakes throughout the season that cost him in the end when Zach, you know, Zach made that last lap, last corner yep. pass almost. But Joey admitted that he made mistakes throughout the year that led to that. He should he should never have been in that position anyway. Yep. And then this last year, he just kind of almost just wasn't really a factor. But I, I don't know. A lot of people put it on him as mental. Maybe he's, he just lost it mentally because of those issues. He said not so, and I think all that stuff is behind him. I, I do think he's we're going to see something special out of him. Well, he's in a different program now, yeah. also with different different people around him and everything else. So yep. I think that's going to be a I think it's going to be a big change in how he how he rides and how he approaches and attacks everything. Agreed. All right, well, let's take a quick break, and we will be back with our first guest of the night. Our first guest of the night is brought to you by Power Band Racing. Power Band Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing the best service and products. They're committed to developing new products that improve your ride. They want your suspension to be the best it can be. Based out of Minneapolis, they are a WP authorized service center and trusted by Ryan Sipes. 
Power Band Racing has your suspension covered. Contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. On the phone with us with Elizabeth City Motocross, ECMX, Mr. Mike Kesey. How you doing tonight, Mike? Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm good. Cool, man. Well, it's great to have you on. Um, I've heard a lot about your the facility. Um, a lot of your friends, a lot of people right out there are uh, listeners of our show and one of these days I've got to get out there because it sounds like it's an amazing facility. Oh, yeah. It's a nice sand track on the East Coast. Been around uh, for, I don't know, probably 30 years or more now. I've been riding this track since I was a kid. A lot of people seem to really enjoy it. Yeah, so if tell me a little bit about the history of ECMX. I mean, if I understand right, it's sort of a club, isn't it? Where Do you pay dues or how, how does the or is it just a typical track where you come and pay $20 on a weekend? Yeah. Well, no, it's a, so it's Elizabeth City Motocross. It's uh, in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, right on the border of Virginia. Okay. Um, it's, a cl- it's a club-based track. Um, it's been around for quite a long time. Uh, on the facility, they also have a go-kart track and a, and a race car track for, like, um, you know, full full cars. Like so dirt, like oval track? Get, yeah, like a, like a full dirt oval track. Oh, sweet. That's I grew up with that kind of stuff, so that's really cool. Yeah, so we get a good mixture of people down there. Well, you've got um, some big events coming up. Uh, December 8th and 9th is the East Coast Pit Bike National. So, And Derek and I were talking, like, pit bikes were huge out here, I don't know, seven, eight years ago. Is it still a big thing where, in the area where you live, or is this something that you got, just this one event is a big deal? Yeah, so um, our buddy actually does this Eastern Minis, and I did it in his backyard, and a lot of people showed up. His name's Devin Pilkington. He's a... Um, an ex uh, pro supercross motocross rider. So, you know, he has some knowledge of the event um, and what it takes to kind of put things on. So we were there, had a blast. Um, a buddy of mine started challenging each other, John Morrissey. We started, you know, kind of, you know, bragging rights from that race kind of prevailed to the big track. And uh, it just spun off into, you know, hey, can I be a part of this? And hey, can I be a part of this? And Next nice. thing I know, we started uh, introducing the ATC 70, the three-wheelers. I saw that. That's rad. We we raised, I mean, we're up to 1600 bucks right now in sponsors, and we haven't even really tried that hard. So to tell you the amount of people that are gearing up for this, I mean, we've got people out there buying bikes. We've got people coming from Ohio. <laughs> um, you know, these guys are getting these bikes tuned, parts, dealerships. Everyone's going nuts. This thing is blown up. And the, the goal is, is we want a 40-man gate drop for pit bikes, and, and we're going to get it. We have committed We have committed now more than 40 people talking about riding the open class. It's going to be hysterical. It's going to be a good time. Well, that'll be, that'll be just mass mayhem in the first turn, you know, with 40 pit bikes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so you're talking about three-wheelers also, like the ATC, the, the 70 three-wheelers, the little small minis? Yeah, so we're bring, so the yeah, like the nineteen eighties, the um the ATC seventy, they've been putting the you know, these one forty or one twenty five piranha motors in them and uh just decking these things out. They're they're like a diamond in the rough, man. And these guys are coming out of the woodworks. And we have over thirty committed uh ATC seventy riders coming to us. <laughs> we have we have a dedicated class only for the ATC seventy three wheeler. That is like I I remember growing up as like at five years old I had one of those when I saw the the Instagram post you posted um, with that I was like that's brought back some memories of uh, flipping those things over at as a little kid. 
I know, man. And and some of these guys with the, the Piranha Motors in them, they are just delivering horsepower. Um, we've created a small wheel class, a big wheel class, and of course we've got the ATC 70s. And what we're going to do is we're going to you know we're going to pay those classes, but if you lose, if you're the last person to come off the track, we're going to put a skirt on you, <laughs> and you're and you're going to line up. And everybody wearing a skirt is going to know it. You know, you're going to line up in an open class for a 40-man gate drop, and it's going to be one heck of a time. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. Pink tutu. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you guys have a blast out there. You know, and after the – hell, for those that know, the, the big pit bike race at um, MX of Nations, that thing was a huge hit. And I could see, like, something like you what you're doing really becoming – big again if you know i mean look a few years ago when it was big people were just putting way too much money into it and taking it way too serious but if you could keep those things somewhat stock and just go out and have some fun it could be a blast well exactly you know we're trying to have fun but most importantly we're trying to make motocross great again and we're trying to really make the pit bikes just you know uh, be a part of things we've gotten so much uh feedback and so much support over this i mean we're talking about renting out, you know, um, local uh, coliseums. Uh, we're talking <laughs> about really making a series out of this thing. Wow. And, uh, it, it, what it started from a backyard and now with all the support, you know, with the ECMX crew and hosting the event, um, this thing could spin off be, you know, a, a true series, and, and we can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I, I, I would like to see somebody try to do something around here. I mean, motocross is pretty big in Texas, you know, as far as I think – some of the epicenters of motocross seem to be the California and, and Texas, as far as what I know, Florida. What's the scene like overall where where you guys are in North Carolina? Is I mean, is it do you have massive crowd? You're lots of do you have lots of um, bikes show up, lots of riders show up on any given weekend, or is it kind of hit and miss? So that that's an interesting thing to say. So we're kind of a mixture of um, you know district uh, AMA racing. And then your weekend warriors. Um, we've actually have a, a lot of tracks that have sustained for many, many years by having uh, a source of, you know, kind of like a regular rider. And I feel like we kind of fit that category. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've had uh, um, a flux of people that come down from the north when it starts getting cold. They start coming down to that Virginia, North Carolina area. It's like the it's like the breaking point for them. It's just kind of easy for them to hit our track. Okay. As they as they venture down to uh, Florida, you know, for the riding season. But I mean, you know as well as I do with with JDR being in Charlotte, you know, uh, North Carolina, and all the riders that are coming out of North Carolina. Um, it's just been a growing. Um, the dealerships are growing. Uh, we feel like the youth has gotten really involved. Uh, we're trying to bring back some of the old school stuff that made you know motocross fun when we were kids, and I think. You know that's what's been really uh, pushing the series. So what what kind of class structure and stuff you got on 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 these pit bikes? I mean, you do like a stock class, or you know production stuff, or do you just have full blown? I'm, I mean, kind of what what kind of class structure? So we've done it we've done it kind of a, in a unique way where we want larger gates. Um, I, I tell people all the time, I'd rather finish. You know. Fifteenth uh, on a forty-man gate, then first on a five-man gate. Um, <laughs> exactly. So, so we have four classes. We have a small wheel class that we're running from fifty cc's up to one hundred forty cc's. Uh, we've got a big wheel class that starts at seventy and ends at one ninety. Um, then, of course, we've got the three-wheeler only class at ATC seventy. 
Uh, they're able to modify their bikes. And then we have a 50 to 190cc open class. So it's kind of a uh, run, runway to Bronx. We are getting right now, so there's on the table, interest for a stock-only 50cc class, like a true pure pit bike um, uh, class. So uh, as the, the track conditions um, come around, you know, as we get closer to the race, I have a feeling we're probably going to have to pull the trigger and go for a fifth class. Um, we're kind of waiting to see what the turnout's going to be like. Yeah. Um, the reason we stuck with these four classes was to promote um, larger gate drops. So I think I think the riders are kind of I think that's speaking to them a little bit because they're so used to having all these different classes. And I, I think these guys are really wanting to have some fun. They're seeing that we're going to stack these four classes up. So what what do you think? Do you have any plans if if more than forty guys show up and want to race a particular class? Is is there contingencies for that? Oh, we're already there, man. It's, it's crazy. It's, my phone has just been going off the hook. It, it dies like three times a day as many <laughs> conversations as we're having. Um, so there is there is interest for that. So we want to encourage the smaller bike riders to ride with the larger bikes. We might put the larger bikes on the back line. Okay. Or or I mean, we might have to go old school and do a qualifier just to make the uh, to make the gate. That's what I was wondering. That's that's great, uh, I, dude. I, I'm excited for you. I think this is to have that much interest in an event is is really it's a um what's the word i'm looking for it's i'm impressed by it and it's encouraging that's the word it's very encouraging i I think you know our my buddy hal you you know hal simpson i'm assuming right yeah yeah hal how's a good buddy of mine he has bragged on this place since i've known him and uh i i just i know i've got to make a trip sometime and get out there i think maybe Derek and i need to load up and come throw down with you (laughs) boys sounds like a road trip to me (laughs) december the 8th sounds like a good time to me yeah, I wish, you know, unfortunately, like, I've been invited to come to your facility a couple of times by some of your, your uh, members, and it's just uh, my schedule with my job and having to be on call and some of the travel I've been trying to do with Supercrosses and Nationals, it's just, it's difficult for me to get a get away, but I'm going to definitely make a plan to come out there in 2019 at some point, for sure. Um well, Mike, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, I mean, how did you get involved in the sport? You know, how did you how did you get the love for two wheels? So, uh, my grandfather actually worked for Yamaha Motorcycles. Um, he was the Virginia and uh, Maryland rep. So, I grew up with this. And my father and my family, we raced um, in the Virginia uh, Hair Scramble Series. Our, I mean, our entire youth. And once you know, got into college and. We started transitioning from hair scramble over to motocross, and had um, you know, just had a lot of fun, and met a lot of really uh, a lot of really good friends of mine uh, from the motocross community. You know, it's like a second family, just like it is as it is in Virginia, as it is in Oklahoma, and you know, Pennsylvania. Um, so I've been racing my I mean my entire adult life. I still have my original 1984 Honda Z50 in the garage. I restored it. We never got rid of it. Um, the love has transferred from us to our kids and, you know, they've kind of, you know, reignited our, our love for the sport mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the ECMX, uh, track, the facility, Brian Bowman, his team, I mean, we're, I mean, we're all friends and family and we, we travel around everywhere we can with, uh, with riding. So it's been, um, I mean, it's been a lifelong journey to get here. Yeah, it, well, and it's a similar story with me with just, you know, growing up with my dad. We went out in the West Coast and would go ride out in the desert and, you know, had little pit bikes and trail bikes and the the ATC 70 and just, yeah, it, it once it's in your blood, it never goes away. 
and I try, I started out with a, uh, a mini trail 50 Honda with the fold up handlebars, no rear shocks. So I know, oh, wow. I know exactly what, uh, what you're talking about there. Um, uh, we do a lot of vintage stuff over here in Texas also. And, and, uh, really wish that the pit bike stuff would get back as it was really exciting. There's only a couple of races well, around here that they do that. Well, I'll tell you what, um, just watching, because we've kind of been doing like a rider roster just to kind of gauge to see how many, um, you know, uh, racers would attend. And we asked them to list their bike. And I can tell you right now that KLX110L has been the most popular bike uh, that's showing up on, on the list. And um, another thing that's, that's very popular is a lot of these riders are putting these Piranha motors in the ATC 70s and in these pit bikes. Some of the bikes have a BBR kit on it, but most of them are those Piranha motors. And man, these things rip. Yeah, you got me excited. So now, now I want a pit bike. <laughs> I, got, I have to add that to my list of uh, wish my Christmas wish list. See what Santa Claus brings. Yeah, we'll have to go down here on one ten uh, to <laughs> visit CHP down here in Tyler. Yeah, uh, CHP does all that uh, type of work and stuff on uh, oh, pit yeah, bikes yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah, too. For sure, the Hondas. I mean, it's, it's work you guys can do, you know, in your garage. You know, you don't have to go out to shops and have these, you know, um, pro mechanics. You know, this is stuff that they make it easy where it's kind of bolt-on kind of work. And then you get everyone, you know, asking each other questions like, where do you get this handlebar? Where do you get this exhaust? What what engine do you recommend for this bike? So it, it really kind of buzzes everyone up a little bit. Yeah, well, I, I'm jazzed up. I, like I said, I really wish I could make it out. I, I think you guys are going to have a hell of an event. Um where where can people find out more about your facility? If they you know on Instagram, it's at ECMX. If I'm not mistaken, uh, people need to, if you listen to the show, go follow them. Uh, what's the website? Um, so you got the um, Elizabeth City Motocross uh, website. You can go to, but um, primarily, man, these days, I mean, Instagram has been pretty much the biggest pusher. Yeah, uh, just follow the the ECMX Instagram page, Elizabeth City Motocross Instagram. Um, or follow the Facebook page. All the content is updated, uh, all the photos, videos, and you know, we have YouTube channels. We have drones. If you really want to check out the track, um, there's some YouTube video um, out there on uh, on our page that, that gives you like a, a full view. So um, uh, there's, a, uh, there's quite a bit of information. Using Primarily, I would recommend Instagram and Facebook for that. Absolutely. Well, Mike, man, appreciate you coming on. Um, I'm more excited to try to make a trip out there now than I, I even was before. Like, just your enthusiasm has me fired up. Um, it seems like all your members are just good guys, and it's a good group of people, as, as the moto industry just is. And, uh, dude, I really appreciate you coming on and telling us about it. I'm excited. Oh, yeah, man, I appreciate that. I appreciate you guys putting some you know, noise out looking at things like this. I think it matters, and it kind of brings back the energy to the sport, and, and we're trying to – be right there. We want everyone to have some fun. Absolutely. Well, Mike, you have a good night. Thank you for coming on. And um, I'm going to check back with you after the event. Just I want to hear about it. We'll get you back on to yeah, give man, us a little absolutely. update. Oh, yeah. I recommend it. We're gonna. Uh, I'll have a lot of pictures and videos and stuff for you. So we'll, we'll tag you and, and let you know. Absolutely. Thanks, Mike. You have a good night. All right, guys. Take care. All right. See you. That sounds fun, man. <laughs> sounds uh kind of wild at first turn if you can get 40 guys yeah, on the gate it, you know isn't that rad and especially if you can get 40 atc 70s oh god <laughs> coming into the that's first the turn one, when i saw that post i was like so i just think that's so cool to do something that's so vintage retro like unusual it, it it's i mean it's awesome i mean i think 
you know, I grew up racing like over at Boot Hill and stuff like that oh, on yeah, mini yeah. bikes and uh, yeah. on the TT Scrambles tracks here and there every once in a while when there wasn't a motocross race. And they had three wheelers over there and those little ATC 70s on a, on a, on a, uh, a banked oval. Uh, on a banked oval was <laughs> kind of crazy. I can't imagine a, a motocross track. Oh, it's going to be, I can't wait a, to see the video. So with yeah. an adult. Yeah, absolutely. Follow them at ECMX on Instagram. It'll come up. Uh, I think I've tagged him in some stuff of, of ours. So it, check it out. Great group of guys. You know, anything that Hal Simpson promotes or is passionate about, you know, it's going to be pretty awesome. Um, again, patreon.com. If you guys don't know what Patreon is, website, you know, Pulp uses it. You can go and contribute um, a dollar amount per month to support shows like ours that you may be interested in. It could be a dollar, it could be five dollars, could be a thousand, hundred, whatever you want to do. We won't complain. But um, it gets you some exclusive content that we will be, especially when Supercross starts up. I'm going to have some stuff I'm doing Patreon only. Uh, we got the Amsoil that I mentioned earlier. The Amsoil giveaway is Patreon only. Uh, so, yeah, please, man, help us out, contribute. It means the world to us. And anyway, so we'll be back in a few minutes. Hey, this is Ryan Dungy, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Hey, Kylie. Does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Dark Side here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com and that's mxgirl g-u-r-l and tell her moto x pod sent you mad jack synthetics is an independent dealer of amsoil synthetic oils amsoil has been around for 45 years and was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972 since then amsoil has led the way in application specific oils and fluids designed solely for your cars trucks motorcycles boats and more we understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investments, whether it be your motorcycles or the vehicle you use to transport your motorcycles. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. By joining the Preferred Customer Program, anybody can buy Anzoil products factory direct at wholesale pricing. Want to stock it at your shop or use it on your fleet of vehicles for your business? Would you like to become an Anzoil dealer and have a tax write-off for your trips to the track or trail and start selling Anzoil to your friends and fellow racers? With Anzoil, you get free shipping on orders over $100, even when you are a wholesale customer. Contact Dane Evans to find out how it all works. We at Mad Jack Synthetics are riders and racers just like the guys at the Moto X Pod Show. We know what you need to keep you in the game week in and week out. Amazon Incorporated is a sponsor of many of your favorite series, Snowcross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, GNCC, King of the Hammers, Hot August Night's Car Show, and Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. 
contact Dane and tell him the Moto X-Pod show sent you. Let him help you save money on your maintenance using AMSOIL. Contact Dane at 805-531-9551 or toll free at 855-623-5225 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Like us and contact us on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy, on Twitter at Dane underscore Evans 393, and on Instagram at Dane underscore Amsoil Guy. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. All Sport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, All Sports Dynamic Braces. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. I wear Fly, wear Fly too. The 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new women's light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. The Moto X Pod Show is back, and that is Had a Drink from Justin Hill's new album. Uh, as an artist, he goes by Junior Hill. The album is called Bitter. It is available on iTunes and pretty much anywhere else you can download out an album. And on the line with us is Mr. J- Justin Hill. What's up, Justin? Uh, not a whole lot, man. Just listen to my own tunes. <laughs> Dude, I, I mean, I, I texted you the other night. You know, I heard you talk about it on uh, Pulp, you know, and, and um, didn't realize it was out because I guess I've just had my head in the clouds. But, dude, I, I'm, a, you know, I'm a little older than you, but I grew up in the 80s and then 
course metal and transitioned into the grunge movement as they called it in the 90s which was a heavy influence for you and this album dude i I want to talk about it here in a little bit well i guess let's just talk about it first before we get into the moto stuff um you know what how did first of all how'd you get into music what was your introduction was it josh and what he had laying around or how did you discover the music that you fell in love with um, well, it's funny cause, uh, you know, like what I, what I started out with, um, as, you know, as a kid, like young, wasn't necessarily what ended up influencing my music. Like it was, what I started out with was, um, I started with all the, all the older stuff. I started with like Sabbath and Hendrix and Neil Young and, and, um, you know, Beatles and all the old, like all that stuff in the 60s and 70s. Um, and kind of like some way other stuff like Elvis and Johnny Cash and like even older and even further away from what I make now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. That, that's how I, that's where really originally what I got into. I mean, um, my, my early, my early stuff is just like road trip, you know, listening to Ohio and helpless from uh, Neil Young. And sure. like that was like my, those were like my, okay music is like i i'm in love with this i love music like this so and then you know truthfully it wasn't it wasn't until i grew up a little bit and then really really started embracing um you know my area like it really started embracing what was created um at at my you know around my birthplace you know um and i started learning more and more about it and obviously that's pretty easy being from up there it's it's huge you know so um that it started to influence me later, like later, like more recently within the last probably within the last you know ten years. Okay, was, was, was my heavy '90s grunge influences. You know, it all, it all came a little bit later as I grew up, and my mom kept that stuff a little from me because it was not as clean as anyway. So <laughs> right, it was, like, it was one of those things I just done it on my own. Well, and I think I had texted you like as I'm listening to this, I'm hearing some of the influences for sure. You know. Um, I don't remember which song it was off the top of my head, but one of them it was there was so much Chris Cornell in the way you were singing, and of course you have a song on there called "Lane Change Me," which I clearly has to be about Lane Staley, or ha- have some influence from Lane. But there, it's, I hear that influence, and I knew that you played guitar. I've heard that, you know, I've seen you, you post some little videos here and there, but I had no idea that you had this in you. Well, I mean for. For me, I didn't either until people told me. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I, mean, I, just, I was just playing. Like, I was playing and having fun. Like, that's, and that's still what it is for me. Like, um, I, I, like, as far as my actual music background, there really isn't much. There isn't really much there. Like, you know, my mom has always just been, like, a singer. She's always, always been a group. I grew up with her just sing old country twangy songs. <laughs> yeah. And so when I, when I, and I was never really like a huge fan of that type of stuff. Like I was never really huge into like, into the, the deep, deep root country stuff. Right. So when I started to like discover myself, I just started singing the stuff that I loved. And then I'm like, you know, I, don't, I, I think I'm not terrible. Maybe I can make some music. <laughs> you know, like, and um, all, all this stuff kind of came together when I, when really when I was 
probably 17, 18. I had moved out. You know, I was making making money racing, and and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go. You know, I did it after I won a couple of races, you know, I had some money sitting there and I'm like, I'm going to go get a drum set. Like, I'm going to go get a couple other things, you know, I'm going to widen my, my package here and see what I can play. And like, yeah. And it like, honestly, I swear to you, it saved my career. Well, I think because, that's, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say it saved my career because I, I, I was at a point it, well, one time I was at a point where I was so unhappy doing this. And, and it was, and it really, it didn't have to do with one single thing. It was many things. Um, but I had, I had, a, I had roughly, roughly 2015, um, you know, coming into 2016, like those years, even though, you know, I was still good. And, you know, obviously I healed up from injuries and then things turned around for me, but yeah. you know, those, those were times where I was like, why am I even doing this? Like I, I lost the love for it entirely. And when I picked up all those instruments and I started just playing music, completely saved my career, completely just made, turned me into a happier person because all the negativity and all the things I was, I was able to start writing about it and start making stuff that I liked. And honestly, what that, that formed into me, just loving making a track and then like just jamming to my own stuff on the way to the track, <laughs> you know, you know, just 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 learning and jamming and like, and I kind of formed it into this one big thing that turned positive. So, yeah, I think that's really a, a, what you said is really key. That you know, you had gotten to a point in your career where you were unhappy, and I, I asked whenever we interview guys like Hunter Yoder or um, Ryder D. Francesco, I'm like, hey man, do you have outside play the things that you do to kind of get away from it because this sport it gets so serious. And we, you know, when we're kids, we get into it because we just love riding dirt bikes. And then when you get to your level, it's a business and I can see where it takes some of the fun out of it. I mean, you eat, breathe, sleep, moto, you train, you, you ride, you train, you ride, you train, you ride. And if you don't have something like you do, you could turn into like a Ryan Villapoto who was at the top of the sport, but hated it. And it's kind of depressing that it could get to that point. So I think, yeah, you having this hobby that even if you weren't good at it, you know, it's something else to just kind of step back for a moment and say, Hey, I'm not just a racer. Right. I mean, you, you have to find other things and that you have to for sure. Like I've told, I've told many kids this, like that are racing up and coming that are stars, you know, they're going to be good at this. I tell them, I tell them it's, it's, great that you're that you that you race and that you're good i say don't ever lose that but you're gonna learn pretty fast you know enjoy this now because you're gonna learn fast that you you then you're not just a racer you're a businessman yeah you're your own you're, you're your own you know you're your own endorser you have to you have to pump your own name up you have to you have to be this like kind of public relations wizard and you have to like <laughs> there's things there's so many things that you aren't ready for at all like you just want to be you and like i feel like i've retained it well like i've been able to just stay me yeah and some people can't some people don't like get get through it correctly and it's like that's that's a whole nother way that you can that you can fall short of what you're looking for it's you know there's a lot of little details that go into it that most people aren't ready for absolutely before we get into the moto stuff i got a couple more music questions 
Um, first of all, on the album, you said you, you well, you said you bought drums when you were a few years ago. And are you playing all the instruments, or do you have some other musicians, or is that all you? No, no, I, I do one hundred percent of it. Um, That's rad. I I started I started like just real basic like layering stuff in garage bands when I was like seventeen. Like I had I basically I started with like a obviously I've always been a guitar player, mm-hmm. um, so you know. I had that pretty much style for the most part as far as, you know, at least the necessary knowledge to do this. But, you know, I never played a bass before. I never played drums before. I've never touched, never really touched keyboard, never really like, you know, other string stuff. So like I, I went after it and just started playing anything I saw and then, and just going to the music shops and just playing different stuff and just having, trying to have fun like learning a brand new thing. Like I try to, I just go to the music shop and try to learn a new thing like all the time. And, uh, percussion didn't necessarily come very easy to me. I'm still not like, I don't really consider myself a drummer. Right. Uh, but I, but I do think that I get by and I don't really necessarily, at least to this point, like with this album I just put out, the percussion to me was very, needed to almost be backshadowed to the message and the and the emotion of it and so I didn't necessarily need the most complex stuff. Now on my next one I've got a couple I, I've got um a couple people that, that want to play with me and I got a fantastic drummer uh, just up the road, a friend of mine that we've been playing together and it'll be a little bit different. But this one was very emotional. All the this was all the um this was this was the frustration album. That's why we call that's why I called it. Okay. I mean, it, it, frustration album it's the it's the negative it's the negativity it's that it's that dark cloudy seattle yeah vibe. um and you know so that's but really that that's not where i end like i have i have many things that like that i was considering this just that album i was considering throwing like seven different genres of stuff on there <laughs> and i was just like well let's just hang on stick to a stick to an idea for this first one. Right. Um, and then, you know, then break it up and kind of go off the rails and do some different stuff. But, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm layering everything myself. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, the dr- the drumming doesn't necessarily come that easy to me. Anything with strings is like, it's easy for me uh, right. to just pick up and get after it. Right. Well, um, I have, I have zero music ability and it. It's probably my most disappointed thing of myself that like my, my one, thing if i could have one wish it would be to be a shredder you know that's i've always wanted to be on stage and and just with the, my hair down you know and just shredding on the guitar yeah. but i have zero ability zero rhythm i suck but i mean honestly, i think i think you'd be surprised i i mean i believe after doing it that i think i think anybody can do it there's just the, the thing is there's so many different ways to do it yeah like like for me i picked up a guitar and i didn't I never, I still don't know what, what chords stand for. I still don't know anything. Like, I just, I'm just self-taught. self-taught. And, you know, I just, I picked up a guitar and I listened to a song and I learned to play that song. One of my first songs, the first song I ever tried to learn was War Pigs by Black Sabbath. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hell like, yeah. You know, Tony Iommi. Exactly. Iommi's the guy. For yeah. My, I, like, my guitar influences early on were, were Iommi and Jimmy and Randy Rhodes. And, um, you know, a, like a little, a little bit of that blues too, a little bit of, uh, 
BB King and that kind of stuff and, sure. and stuff to be that old stuff and like all those all that you know um, intricate playing turned me into somewhat of a lead a lead player so right. to speak whereas it isn't my dream to be a rhythm you know a rhythm guy like my my ultimate idea is that I want to have I want to I love live music. I just want to play live music. Hell yeah! And I want, you know, I want a rhythm guy. I want a bass guy. I want a drummer. I just want to. I want to sing the songs. I want to sing the songs I'm writing, and I want to play the guitar solo over the top of my songs. So I'm a hundred percent with jamming and just shredding in front of everybody is thickest, hands down. But like, I mean, I think I think you'd be surprised. Like, you know, I I had the ear for it, and right. like, and I'm just like. It came pretty pretty easy. I shouldn't say easy. Nothing like that is easy. But I had the ear for it. But even if you don't have the ear for it or the rhythm or whatever, it's like you can. You know, there's ways. Like what I'm learning about music more and more is that there's uh, is all the avenues you can take to get into it. Like even if you don't have the ear, or the timing, or this or that, you can still learn um, other directions and be just as good. You know. So it's that's what I love about music. I, I really do feel like it's a thing that everybody can share. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm. You know, I yeah. I love music as much as I love Moto. Um, you know, as as far as the Seattle scene goes, like my favorite band from that era is still Candlebox, which I, a lot of Seattle, the Seattle scene grunge guys, I think, kind of hated on Candlebox a little bit. But man, I love uh, Kevin Martin's one of my favorite singers, and that band just has always done it for me. No, they're killer. I mean, I wouldn't say they hated on it, but more just like kind of. I think that they had a specific idea on what the Seattle sound was supposed to mean. Yeah. I think it just, I just don't think it fit in their opinion, but you know, you know, it's funny. I was just talking about this with, with Seth. There's some of this rare. We're just like, it's weird because if you, if you go back and you look through, you know, um, stories and things like, like all the Seattle bands were like absolute, like a brotherhood except for Nirvana. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And the rest of the Seattle bands, which I'm a huge Kurt guy and I'm a huge girl guy and I, and Novoselic and like that whole group to me is like a super group. That's like the Beatles to me. And like, so, which, so it's weird because like that, those groups were all like a brotherhood except for them. So it's kind of weird. Like it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me why they would, why the, the whole Seattle sound kind of, orchestra if you will of musicians would like act certain people um because that one never made sense because to me i mean as far as the mainstream goes nirvana was the biggest no you're 100 percent right i mean they were the definitely the band that turned me that made me realize like hair metal's dying and something new is coming yeah exactly and you know when i was i i never got into the hair metal i'm not a huge 80s guy other than maybe rush and right Rush, Rush is, to me is like the bad, those are the baddest dudes um, from that time. But you know, there's a couple select, but like the the I I always joke because I'm like, yeah, man, you know, I love the 50s, I love the 60s, I love the 70s, yeah, you know, I love the 90s. And I'm like, they're like, what about the 80s? Yeah, I pretty much skip the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> like, but you know, I'm learning. I actually kind of like get more of it as I get a little older. Like, but um, yeah. but no, that that when it comes down to it that area is so influential to me. I mean, it has, like, it's, that's a huge part of my, like, 
not in a way of, of childhood, but in a way of like growing up. Like I grew up to that music. And I don't mean that way as like a kid. I mean like I became a man to that music. In sure. That like, and that's actually, it's, it's in, Lane Change Me is a super, to me is a super deep song in, as far as me because it, 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 it kind of, it, at least the way I see it, I want everybody to perceive everything the way they want to. Like, I want it to work for them however they see it. I want them to see it that way. There's no right or what, wrong way to, like, read my stuff. Yeah. You know? But what it means to me is, is, is like, a, it's, a tr- it's a full tribute to the land, but it's a, it's, a, it's a story about me growing, growing with that in my life. And it's, it's like, when I wrote it, I'm like a, I'm like a uh, stay up till 4 a.m. and just get spun out on my own lack of sleep guy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, so this is the type of stuff that blows my way at that hour. <laughs> well, and, uh, it's, 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 my, it's my sweet spot, if you will. Right, well, I dig it. So you guys go check out uh, iTunes or anywhere you can download music and look at Junior Hill Bitter. Let's talk a little bit of Moto, because I could sit here and talk music with you the whole show. Um, and. <laughs> and just like cancel the other guests and just keep talking music. But we need to talk a little bit of Moto. Um, so you just came back from overseas. I know Paris didn't go exactly how you wanted. Um, you know, what can you take away from the last couple of weeks that you can at least get some positivity out of and get ready for a one in a month? Um, truthfully, the fact that my starts are so bad. <laughs> okay. I, I like, you know, it's a, it's a good wake-up call because I was over there and I'm like, you know, I set the whole first day pretty much so I had a pretty good-sized crash the first night. And right. I just, Weston getting hurt that bad shook me up and I and I seriously just rolled off the gas the rest of the weekend. And unfortunate, as unfortunate as it is, you know, you, and, and um, Pernard even was like, hey, if you don't want to race, I understand. I'm like, no, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to race. You know, I'm just going to be careful. That's really what it is. So... Um, you know, if that's, it, it's a little bit different of a situation, um, over there, but the first, the first day, the first whole day, like I was like, I was fast at the pre-practice. Yep. I got the super pole and like in the first moto dead, 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 dead last start in a four minute moto. And I passed <laughs> everybody. Like I was on fourth, you know, in four minutes. So I was like, I felt like my riding all the way until my crash was like awesome so there's there's all that like i know i have the speed mm-hmm. like i can turn it on and try to make it happen like i'm just i'm really i feel really comfortable i feel really at home on the bike so i'm super happy um but god my starts are bad dude i need that like so you know and, and you know how it is like that's that's if you're the baddest dude and you have and you get terrible starts you you can never show everybody that you're the baddest dude it's just the way it is yeah like, so I, I'm really cracking down on that. Like I, since I got back, um, I've had a lot of help and a lot of dedication of my own time to really sit here in front of, you know, on the grate, set this device over and over and over and figure out how to get to that first corner fastest ever consistently. Like, so I'm, I'm working on it. And honestly, like, if I would just where I was, if I would have just raced Paris the way I am right now, mm-hmm. I think I could have whole shot it even on a stock motor. So that's like, I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, yeah. And 
got to mention that I was on a stock bike over there. But anyway, the point is, <laughs> the point is, is that my starts still were terrible. Even if I had the right motor, I still probably wouldn't have gotten started. So the, but, but now I feel like I'm, I'm in a position where I could probably reel off 10 pretty good starts in a row. And I'm just only going to keep getting after it and getting after it. I think that's the hugest hole, biggest hole in my game. Okay. It's always the hole in my game by far. Like I've never gotten good starts. I was <laughs> laughing buddy today with Budman. I was like, yeah, I have one hole shot award of sitting above my bar. I'm pretty proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Well, I'm glad you, and that, that's good though. You, you, you did, you learned something and you take, took it away and now you'll be even more prepared, you know, in, in just a four or five weeks from now. So that's awesome. Well, I, I've got a, I've got a question on that. You're talking about the greats that they're using now. I mean, I, yep. I grew up, uh, of course, back in the early seventies, uh, dirt starts and stuff like that. Then we moved, uh, moved to concrete and, uh, you know, then they gradually went back to dirt, but I've never had an opportunity to start off on a, on a barbecue grill. Like, you know, y'all are having to now <laughs> Ex, 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 <laughs> Explain yeah. how you'd start off on a smoker grill. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, <laughs> so imagine so I, the way I would um, kind of explain it is like, imagine, um, you know, a super, super, super rough asphalt. Like, it's unbelievably grippy. Yeah. Um, it's It's got... That you know, you you basically I, I've spun on the thing, and I'm and picture this: we're like we're going as if it's a full dirt start. We're just dumping the thing and trying to trying to spin the thing out from under us. That's what we're trying to do. And I've spun and like missed a knobby on that thing, and I mean like one knobby and then rehooked up maybe one time ever. <laughs> so so it's absolute 100% all the time full traction you'll you probably will never break loose that's rad hey Justin, i want to give you a little background I, this derek wedding is the guy that's in studio with me and you've raced for mitch and so is derek <laughs> derek raced for mitch when it was just pc right it was what it was, it was called pro circuit products back then back in the when, 70s when he had anaheim husqvarna yeah so you guys Literally. are you guys are essentially teammates <laughs> i've seen i've seen his name on the list i know yeah derek's a bad dude i mean he's he's a older guy like me and he's a big old boy but he still hauls ass <laughs> yeah hey i believe it i i've watched i've watched my old man go and like not ride a bike for six seven years and hop on the thing and make some boys that were that were trying year in year out day in day out look like fools so right. i know you have it yeah, that's awesome. Hey, you know what you mentioned a minute, like you you were, you know, you're you're very honest. But you've been on our show a couple of times, and you're real honest um, about shortcomings. Uh, you know, you just talked about having issues with your starts, and you you said, "Hey, I backed off." You know, the the Weston thing kind of got in my head. My crash got in my head, and I don't know if you remember back in the Supercross earlier this year, you you came on and you took full responsibility for a suspension setup that you wanted. And I got to tell you, man, yep. that, that was so impressive to me. Like you really, it made me a bigger fan of you that you don't, didn't say, and have, I haven't heard you say, well, you know, the bike just wasn't right. The team didn't do this. You're, you're taking the responsibility. And I, I think that's very admirable. Oh, the way I see it is that everybody makes mistakes. Like team, rider, mechanic, anybody, we're all capable of mistakes. We're human. 
And like the way I see it with, with the teams and stuff is that, you know, I, that wasn't my, my suspension setup that I came into a one with was like, so my idea. And so like, so there, there would have been zero chance for me to say that to pass the blame elsewhere. Cause I yeah. was, I was the one going, I want this and I want this and I want this. And how can we make that happen? And, you know, they, and, all, and then at that point, all a team can do, like, you know, like, Say now, working with Johnny Oler, I'm like inclined to listen to him much more. Okay, I, I listen to him, and yeah, I was seriously today, right about one o'clock. I was joking around about about how Chad, you know, Chad knows knows what he wants. You know, Chad yep. just still throw stuff out like to Johnny that Johnny's never heard of, <laughs> maybe not, maybe not necessarily not heard of, but never worked with before. And go, all right, well, we need to put this on the bike. Johnny's yes, like, but like we don't really have that or know that that'll really do or help um and and my joke was is that oh yeah i'm i'm more i'm more on board with the whole oh johnny has a hunch let's let's try that out it's <laughs> <laughs> like so i'm i am super trusting with my team and and honestly hand to god i would have been better off had i had i just put it more not necessarily put it 100 percent in their hands but just worked with them in a direction because they're not they're far from dumb people like sure. we have we had in my opinion johnny and 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 um you know at that time i was i was working uh with rob rob over at rg3 and rio and between all those people we had i mean you had no idea how much knowledge just being those just those two people you know we have awesome text so there's you know that one was on me and i've learned tremendously from just that one event just that one race where i came in and i'm like oh you know it's not it's not doing this for me it's not doing this for me and it's on me i've learned how to set up my bike differently just from that one time fantastic well jgr they've got uh basically their own suspension components and stuff that they've been working on for a few years also don't they that aren't the run of the mill you know showa or kiyaba or or olean's and that that kind of stuff that they've got their own so in my mind, being a writer, I would actually kind of, you know, kind of go with the thought pattern that you are. You know, I'm going to listen to the guys that are actually out there building it day, you know, daily, and actually know what's going on inside of it, instead of, you know, like you said, <laughs> dictating well, what you want. You know, so I mean, I kind of agree with you know what you're thinking and your thought pattern on that. Um, you know, it's, it's as far as the components and what we have and what the people don't have. I really don't. I really don't know what we have. I mean, we have, no, I mean, it's, it's real. I mean, I know that we have everything that Shoah, you know, the show has, we're on work, we're on work stuff, you know, sure. we have access to, if, if I knew what to ask for, like say Chad probably does, or, you know, certain people that know more about the internals than I do, I'm a, I'm more of an engine guy, I like combustion, and so like, I'm a, right. you know, I'm not, a, I'm not an internal suspension specialist at all, I won't claim to be. Um, I know how it feels. That's about it. Right. And, and, and you know, so I'm not a hundred percent sure what we have externally that you can't, you know, the other teams don't have or can't get. You know, I think, I think that we are on a, uh, a level of, of intellect over here. That's pretty high. And I wouldn't put it past a single one of our guys to have some stuff that other people don't have hundred percent. Um, and that's, and that's your hundred percent, right? That's why I do feel like I put my faith in them a little bit to guide me in the direction I need to go is, is, is a smart move. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just a guy that's, that's riding it. And I don't <laughs> always know what each little thing 
means and, and how it's supposed to work. So, you know, oftentimes Johnny would come at me with just a, a theory. At least he'll come out and say, this is supposed to do this, and I think this will help your feeling of this. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and off of his hunch of what, in theory, that component should do, or maybe something that he saw on a dyno, you know, we do dyno our, our session, and it's like, oh, okay, that, in theory, that'll do that, and that is what I'm looking for, so let's give that a shot. You know, he doesn't, Johnny never just throws something on the bike and goes, eh, try it. Right. He, you know, just look for, we're just looking for just chasing a feeling, right? No, it's like never like that. Sure. Johnny um, knows exactly what and why and how, and that's that's what I, I like about the whole process because it, does, it takes a lot of work off me. I don't have to try to tell them how to invent the dang stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, so, Justin, my last question for you is um, I, I'd like to know what your expectations for this upcoming Supercross season are. I mean, do you expect of yourself – the the um the chance to go win a championship or do you expect of yourself are you looking to say hey top fives are okay with me for this first full season really you know like what do you expect of yourself you know what um there's expectations and there's reality and as far as i'm concerned i have the capability to win i can win and and i and i that's to me I've proven to myself that I can win, and that's just me. That's my opinion. But but the thing about winning is you have to have every single component put together to win. Like you have to be in shape, you have to be healthy, you have to have your start out, you have to be in a mental place that's proper that you can handle the pressure. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into each and every racing season, and I gotta say right now. I've never been so comfortable. I've never been, you know, so I think my fitness is incredible right now. I'm, I'm on a good track right now. And so that being said, my expectations are to win races. I don't know how many. I don't know. Um, Points-wise, I couldn't tell you what it's going to end up. But all I know is I can win if I put it together. I 100% so that's, agree. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking, for. I'm yeah. looking to beat the best me and win. Definitely, yeah. I mean, you—you you, was it Tampa last year that like you were you should have won that race. I think it was Tampa. Yeah, my my first my first race, I'd never done a done a uh, four fifty Supercross other than uh, you know I did a I did Monster Cup a long long time ago, right? But uh, yeah, and it was it was good. I won my first heat race. I was good in qualifying. You know, I was passing for the lead, and me and Marvin Tango and I went down. It's just for me. I was, you know, tons of people. I must have got 500 DMs that night of people, you know, it's just going, that guy, dude, I can't believe he took you down like that. And I'm so <laughs> mad at him. Just, just like, and I responded to like as many as I could think to. Yeah. Just going like, I'm like, dude, don't trip, man. Like, we got a lot of rate. We're going to have 17 of these things next year. I'm going to win one. Don't worry about it. Like, I'm, so I'm, I'm just excited to have that many opportunities to go out and, and, execute the night the way it should go and not make a dumb little mistake and get caught up like that. Um, so I think that that is a huge hint towards the future. I think that I'm in a position I can come at it just like I did that race and re-pick up right where I left off. You know, and If my starts are in order, put a giant exclamation point on that, <laughs> we'll have, this, have, the same, have the same shot as we did that race. And I, I mean, hopefully we can do it all the time and we are in a championship contention. It's pretty far 
pretty far away, and you know, it's. Let me tell you, I've only won a life's title, but it's hard to win a title. Hell yeah, it is. And and you know that's and I only won a, a, a ten a nine race series, and that's right. a lot. That's a nine races seems like an eternity. <laughs> I can imagine. Point <laughs> lead, it's an eternity. So I'm not I'm not putting the pressure on myself at all. I think I'm nice. flying under the radar. A lot of people don't necessarily expect me to do that good. They expect me to maybe flash in the pan and not necessarily be that good all the time. But I, every time I swing my leg over this bike right now, I have the speed. I just need to put the rest of the picture together. Well, that's, and that, that's, that's what I'm looking for towards. That's what I wanted to ask was on this, this new bike and stuff, you know, since you've been riding it, the new bike coming up for it, you'll be on for A1. What is the most exciting thing that you've actually, that they've actually put on it and said, Hey, let's, let's go run this. Cause this is why we're doing this. What is the most exciting thing that you, you know, when you came back from, from, you know, 20 minutes and went, wow, this is awesome. I mean, what, what, uh, you know, what kind I'll of new you, things? Well, there's, there's been a couple, there's been a couple big things that I, that I came off and I went, wow, that's, that's good. That's what we needed. Um, and one of them was, uh, was a chassis component. We did a couple different things. We did a swing arm. We did, uh, we did, uh, a couple different, uh, linkages, just basic chassis stuff. We did, a uh, basically, uh, uh, piece on the engine to, to make the bike a little more rigid. We did a couple little chassis things like that where I came back and I'm like, oh, that's the moves. We gotta, we gotta keep that on. And um, and then you know we've had a couple really killer breakthroughs. Me and Dean Baker have had a couple awesome breakthroughs with uh, with the clutch. We had some. Uh, basically, I'm, I'm I'm on a clutch that is a very very um, aggressive engagement. You know, it has very good connectivity. Um, you know, I'm on, I'm on, an, I'm, I think I'm on a pretty aggressive motorcycle spec. I'm not a rever, I'm not a clutcher. I like to be in that low RPM, so I want all my power right now, right here, down here. And so I like the bike to be a bit of an unchanged Rottweiler. And I just want to let it, let it do its thing. So um, we've had some killer breakthroughs like that where I'm, uh, honestly, just from Tampa, like you mentioned, that first race to, to now when we line up for A1, um, we've had we've got a, made a lot of ground, and on a bike that's already pretty dang good. Man, I'm excited, Justin. I cannot wait to see. I can't wait to see what everybody does. Every, you know, every year it gets so excited this time. But yeah, I think you're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, you know, it's time for JGR. You know, they've had some rough luck, some injuries, and and um, it, I, I look forward to seeing you out there, man. I can't wait. Yeah, me, me as well. Man. He deserves a championship. you got to get him one some, somehow Absolutely. or another. Well, Justin, thank you for taking some time for us tonight. Uh, I kind of hogged the whole first half of the interview with music stuff, but, <laughs> dude, I'm a, I'm a music freak, dude. I, I, I'm, a, I'm narrow-minded. I like rock and roll metal, and that's about it, but that I do love it. It's all good, man. No, it's, it's a huge part of my life. keeps me sane and insane <laughs> at the same time. Hell yeah, man. Well, hey, I'll see you at A1, and thank you so much for spending some time with us tonight. Absolutely. Have a good one, bud. You too, bud. Thanks. JGR's Justin Hill. Um, so what do you think, man? I mean, uh, yeah, I think I, I love his mental, um, the place he's at mentally. I love that he takes responsibility. I love that he has confidence, but he also seems to know there's some limits right now. I, I think that's very key in what he's going to accomplish. He sounds like he's on the right path, you know, to me. He's just uh 
everything's, you know, all those ducks are falling in a row like they're supposed to. And, and he's uh, happy with it. And you, you know, you know, as well as I do, you can't ride if you're, if you're not happy with it. So exactly. I've been there. You've been there. Everybody's been there. So yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to Anaheim one. I've said it. I, I can't wait. Like you said, you're not a huge supercross guy, but man, I am fired up. I am ready. I cannot wait to land in Anaheim that Friday and get to the stadium. I wish it was tomorrow. Yeah. You know, I mean, supercross, uh, freestyle, all that kind of stuff. You know, you come to the track, you see me and you know, if I'm turning upside down or something like that, <laughs> someone needs to call nine one one, you know, right, or, right. cause, uh, something's gone terribly wrong, but absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, same here. Same here. You know, so well, Derek, anyway. let's take another little break and we'll be back with rich Taylor. back and our next guest is uh one of my favorite people in the industry and he is mr rich taylor of the best goggles in the world x-brand goggles what's up rich <laughs> just uh doing it up man yeah just got back from the office and relaxing on the couch yeah so uh, i mean we sh- what what are we like days away i hope from uh the 19 stuff dropping the 19 stuff is in customs right now. I got a call today. So, uh, yeah, early next week. Sweet. So, I, yeah, I, the new sickening colors, man. I think people are going to be pretty fired up. Yeah, you, you, you gave me a little sneak peek of the catalog, and there's a, I don't want to give any hints, but there is a particular color scheme that, like, I, I'd be willing to drive to California, swim out, or wherever the customs is, and go knock on the door so I can get a pair of them. I, I can't wait. Yeah, no, that color, the color you're talking about, what everybody's freaking out about. I'm almost a little worried that that's all we're going to sell because, you know, the rest of the line is, is pretty badass, but that one that you're talking about, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a grand slam, I think. I think, sure. yeah, I think you're right, man. So, well, Rich, man, so, um, look, you guys have, in my opinion, the, the best goggles I've ever worn, um, what what do you do each year to to try? Are there any improvements that you try to make each year, whether it be with venting or like what do you do? You have goals to to improve each year, a game plan. Well, it's 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 really not that easy to be honest with you. You know, we we started with our original goggle, the Gox goggle. <clears throat> we designed it. You know, came up with the shape, came up with the face fit, um, and it was a hit. You know, I mean that goggle still to this day is like you know it's just a really quality badass goggle it fits tons of sh- you know face shapes and fits in almost every helmet um yeah. and then we wanted to just kind of improve on that a little bit so that's when we came out with the the s goggle which is sort of our high-end goggle now um but the thing you got to understand is you know to, to to update a goggle or to make a goggle any better it's just it's a lot of money you got to do a whole new mold and you know you have to design it you have to test it it's it's not something you can just say, all right, let's let's do this and, mm-hmm. and bam, have it out in a few months. It's it's a good year process. So, you know, we're working on some new stuff that that's pretty pretty badass. I mean, obviously, I've been in the industry basically my whole life, and, and I've got some, you know, I still have tons of just radical ideas and and stuff that we we've, we've been testing and trying, and we're pretty close to to doing something that'll be pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, but you know, it it just definitely takes a little bit of time. 
Yeah, well, if I'm not mistaken, 18 <clears throat> for the 18 line was the first year you had the uh, zip off system as a pre built goggle. Is that right? Yeah, we we did it uh, a few years back, but okay. then you know roll offs roll offs aren't becoming so so important and so popular now, especially in Europe. You know, a lot of countries have outlawed tear offs, and you know, to be honest, the U.S. is probably going to be next. You know, I mean, a lot of tracks, especially in California, um, yeah, they're going to start outlawing them, and roll offs are just you know people better get used to to pulling that string because <laughs> down the road it's going to be it's going to be what we're all doing. You know, but. You know, there again, we're working on some new stuff that's just so revolutionary. The roll-off system, if you really look at it, hasn't changed since Bob Smith designed it, like, in the late 70s. Right. It's it's basically the same sort of system, so it's kind of time to to, to come out with something new, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I... I uh, I wore a pair up at Millville this year because it was so muddy, and that's the first time I, I rarely ever have worn any kind of roll off zip off system. Uh, you know, way back in the day, I tried them once, and then I, I wore the X brand ones, and dude, they worked fantastic. Yeah, you know we we've we've done a lot of testing, and we ours are actually made in in Europe. It's not a China or Korea made roll off system, which most of them that are out there today are. Okay. Um, ours is made over in Europe, and it's just a little bit. You know, I mean, anything can happen. Anything can break if you if you yank it too hard or whatever. But ours are pretty quality. I mean, there's definitely a pretty big difference um, between the ones made in Europe and the ones made, you know, over in China and stuff. So yeah, uh, you know, and that's where ours are made. It's got tear off posts. We're the only one in the United States with a tear off post on the actual can, um, so that you can put a couple tear offs on top. It's you know for the first turn or whatever. So yeah, our roll off system. It's an XL system, and it's it's. It's pretty. It's pretty bitching, man. It works well for yeah, sure. I've sold a bunch of them. Yeah, I just, I just, <laughs> I, like I, just I just picked up a pair the other day from him, and uh, for uh, I moved from another brand over to the X brand a couple of years ago, and uh, when Jamie, you know, started uh, selling them, and uh, it's actually a very awesome goggle. I really like your your foam. Uh, system that you've got that gets up against the face because I've got I'm a big guy so I shove a helmet down on my head kind of like a five gallon bucket you know and my <laughs> face sticks out the front so it um the the foam really fits my face real well and you know it takes care of all the sweat problems I mean it, it can is there any special what's the special deal about y'all's foam man because I'm not getting sweat in my eyes like I used to you know with my super sears and my Carrera goggles back in the 70s you know <laughs> The old Super Seer, I can't believe it. Yes, yeah. sir. I uh, rode for Super Seer back when I rode with Husky. So I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Hey, before you answer that, I'll give you the, the background. I just told Justin Hill the same thing. So Derek, Derek's an uh, old-timer, man. He raced for Mitch back in the 70s uh, for <laughs> PC uh, Husky and way back in the early days. Wow. Wow, a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, Derek, Derek's been around back yeah. when we had wooden spokes in the wheels. Yeah, <laughs> uh, were you were you out here in California or in Texas? No, I'm from Texas originally, but I, you know, if there was a fast guy somewhere in the country, we uh, we loaded up and we went and raced them. So you know, I've raced all over. Very cool. Very so, cool. Nice. But no, that that that's one thing I really noticed about y'all's goggles when phone, I first yeah. got them was uh was the foam you know and i mean it just it really feels a lot more comfortable and uh and uh you know i just kind of wondering what what it is about that 
Well, we, I mean, when we designed it, we we use a basically a four layer face foam that's got a layer of neoprene in the middle of it. Um, and what's unique about ours is the thickness. Ours is, is 17 millimeters thick, where a lot of the other ones is, you know, are a little bit thinner. Um, so you still have really good comfort. It really fits your face well. Um, and then that layer of neoprene wicks the sweat sort of off the side of the goggle rather than letting the face foam soak it up and then drip into your eyes. So um, it's actually a really cool system. Um, you know, the funny thing is years ago when, when my dad actually was running Smith's goggles and we came up with a system like this for Chad Reed when he was wearing Smith's way back in, you know, he wrote for Yamaha Troy um, mm-hmm. 2000 or 2002 or something. And that's kind of where the whole idea came from. And, and we figured it out and, yeah, no, it's, it's been really good for us. You know, people people just really love it. So, you know, it just goes out to we just do a lot of due diligence and testing. And, you know, I, I raced for freaking my whole life pretty much. So <laughs> I kind of have my ideas and, and I don't want to put something out that isn't, you know, that isn't good, that doesn't work, you know. So, yeah, that's where it came from. Well, you were talking about the roll-offs you know, pulling that string and stuff. I remember, and I'm, I don't know who the manufacturer was and stuff, but I remember when Smith's came out with the roll-offs way back when, but somebody had an aftermarket roll-off system that was actually battery powered and you just kind of waved your hand by it. And it seemed like when I tried that system, uh, all the dirt, all the roost coming by my head and stuff from, you know, the guys that I was actually chasing back then, uh, was actually make my roll-offs, you know, cruise across my goggles <laughs> and it wasn't me rolling them it was the roost from the guys in front of me is uh yeah you know that's that's funny that was that was scott usa and and you know i don't know if people really know that the history of smith and scott you know in the very early days bob smith he was a dentist and he he lived in sun sun valley idaho and he was just actually lived in the bay area but he was a, a big time skier and him and this guy Scott came up with the idea of, of making a goggle with it's called reticulated face uh, reticulated vent foam. So the vent foam that's on a goggle today was actually invented by Bob Smith. Wow. And him and this guy Scott, they joined forces and the original goggles were called Smith Scott goggles. It was one company. Okay. Um, and then and, you know, we're talking the the early seventies event. Yeah. You know, and they had a patent on reticulated vent foam and stuff like that and they actually split up and did you know two companies and they both had interest in each company so Hmm. they still were kind of one company but kind of separate well then scott ended up selling off everything and and bob smith kept smith goggles um and they kind of went their separate direction but they were still sort of believe it or not they were right across the street from each other in, in ketchum idaho so Literally, you could throw, like, like when I say across the street, I'm talking, you'd look at the window, and Scott was right across the street. Um, wow. and, and believe it or not, Smith Goggles was a much, much bigger company, too, at the time. You know, all through all the years, just in, in the ski industry. And then when the motorcycle stuff started coming around, Scott got pretty aggressive and pretty pretty big with that. But Bob Smith was an avid motorcycle rider in the, in the summer, and he's the one who came up with, you know, the roll-off system. And the guy was just a genius when it came to, to just stuff, you know. He had all kinds of patents and and things. So just to get back to that electric roll-off system, he let Scott be that because they were sort of sister companies. He had mm. the patent on a roll-off system where nobody could 
nobody could make one. That's why Smith Rolos were the only ones he ever saw forever and ever. But he let Scott do it, and they uh, they put like a little light sensitive kind of light on there that was battery powered. The problem with it was it was heavy, and you'd go by you know if you were riding an enduro or something, or a piece of mud got stuck to it, your your film would just start hauling ass across your exactly. leg. Exactly. Like, you know, it'd be it'd be gone, and you know, you know, or if you were going through the trees or something, a leaf hit it, you know, that would go by. Kind of a cool idea. It just kind of didn't work, you know. Right. So. Little little history lesson of roll right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems like like you know, there's not much to a goggle really. I mean, and to have a lot of technological advances, like you said, it's probably not easy. I mean, you know, venting and anti-fogging. You know, maybe better lenses, but I mean, yeah, I can see that it'd be very expensive to do the research and development on that to just to even come up with something, let alone have it actually work. Yeah, and, and just, you know, to get it to the final stage is, is really expensive. By the time you get the CAD drawing from the molds and everything, it's it's not cheap. You know, sure. goggles, you know, people, I think, think a goggle just costs a couple bucks to make, but uh, it's not like that, you know. But right. there's, still, there's still some ideas out there. We've got some stuff that we're working on that's going to be pretty pretty bitching, you know, so... We'll see what happens. I, we'll just we'll keep you posted. You guys yeah. will be one of the first ones to hear about it when it's ready, ready yeah, like, to go, ready to come out. I can't wait. Um, you know, and like we talk about the colorways coming out this year. Who is that? You or is that your dad? Who who kind of decides and mocks up? Like you know, you have different styles. Like in, in, I think seventeen, you had the scatter X, and uh, then we came, you came out. There's the flat out and multiple different styles that have different frame colors, different strap colors. Who who designs that, and then who has the final say? And these are the colors we're going with. Oh man, you'd crack up actually if you saw <laughs> what goes on at my offices. I mean, I think people kind of know we're we're still a pretty small company. It's pretty family family run. My wife does so much. My both of my boys, you know, I got a a 16 and a 19 year old um and they're kind of in it so they've got you know they they know what's going on with the cool looks and, and what's you know what's bitching and stuff and then my dad's you know he's all over the place and then we've got another guy jason lightheart who helps us out a lot so we just kind of throw stuff against the wall and and what we think kind of looks good and come up with some colorways and we all sort of go through it i usually end up getting pissed off and walking out of the room and then i'll come back and find out what they've come up with and then I change stuff and it's just you know it's a couple week process to come up with logos and colorways and and you know there's a lot of fighting because we're family so it's it's <laughs> one person has an opinion and right and we don't like it it turns into a big battle but you know at the end of the day we usually come up with some pretty cool stuff I think you oh know? absolutely yeah yeah so um Supercross is about to start um you know, I mean, you, you last year you helped out the HEP team. Um, I, I'm sure there's riders, you know, you, you, you've helped out Alex Ray and in the past guys like Brock Tickle, Kyle Chisholm. Um, how do you decide on who you – I know, you, you know, you're, you're not a huge company like Oakley with endless bottomless dollars. Um, how do you decide who you want to help out? Well, it's – it's more about getting, you know, it, it's just not. You really got to weigh the options, man, because, you know, the top guys, are they're demanding a lot of money. Sure. You know, we had Buck Trickle for uh, all the years he was on Suzuki, pretty much, until he went to KTM, and, 
and we wanted to keep him, and we had first rider refusal, and then Oakley came in and, and made him an offer that, you know, that really I couldn't compete with. I, I would have loved to have kept him having that factory name. Um, it, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing what a factory guy can do for your company. They, they, and it's not really about them selling the goggle for you. It's about them giving credibility to your goggle. So I can go to distributors all over the world and go, look, we got a factory Suzuki eye and, and, and then you're automatically, they understand that you're a, you're a legit company, you know? Right. Uh, but you know, when, when Oakley comes in and offers them enough money that I, I was like, you know what, Brock, you got to take it, dude. Like I can't, I can't, I can't even come close. I just can't. So, you know, for me, what I do is, is luckily I've been in the industry a long time. I raced forever. I know a lot of people, a lot of the racers know who I am and they know I put out a product that that's pretty, you know, pretty badass. Like they don't have to worry if it's a mud race, they know they're going to have good equipment. Yeah. If it's a dusty, they're going to know that, you know, so, um, we try to just get some top privateers last year, you know, um, Kyle Chisholm was one of our top guys. It looks like he's going to be on that half team. Um, we're, we're definitely trying to keep him Alex Ray. We actually just picked up Vince Freeze, which is kind of funny because Vince has actually worn our goggles for about the last five years. And, uh, he just had to run a, a different strap, a moto concept strap, but he loves our goggles. And this year they said they, they didn't have to run the strap. So he immediately called me. He's like, uh, oh, check out your goggles now. That's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause I think he and, t- uh, Michael Lessie also the same thing, but I, I noticed that yeah. at Houston last year on press day, Freeze had just the standard X brand strap on. And I thought that was kind of cool, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah, his, uh, Genova, the owner of the team, just really wanted him to wear moto concept straps in the race. But yeah, he just, you know, and he just loves And he actually, it's pretty funny. He wears our Docs goggle, which is sort of our older goggle, mm-hmm. but he loves it. It fits in perfect. You know, he knows they work and it's, it's, he loves the face foam and that's what, that's what he wears. So, um, we're also going to have Heath Harrison, the new kid that, that's going to wear our goggles this year. He's going to ride 450s. I think he'll do pretty good. We've got the, uh, the Gas Monkey team, um, Chris Blose and Starling and uh, Dylan Merriam, they're, they're going to be, I think they're going to do pretty good on the West Coast in yep. the 250 class. Um, yeah, and then the uh, uh, Rock River guys, um, Michelle is going to wear goggles. Oh, good, and, good. Uh, Heart, and, and Heart Ramp is going to wear them as well. So we're going to have some guys out there this year. And then, you know, we have some really badass dudes in off-road too. But, I was going to bring you know, that up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Brayback yeah, Bray Brayback is amazing. He's a you know he's out here on the west, but he does all those Dakar rallies, and and he's just I mean that guy. If you guys, anybody listening, if you ever have a chance to meet him, he is the nicest kid you'll ever meet. He looks like a football player. He's this big gnarly dude, and unbelievable on a motorcycle. Like, yeah, you can see him in pictures on Instagram and in the magazines, but if you saw him at Glen Helen on a motocross track, you'd be like, who the heck is this guy? Like, he's the real deal. He's fast um, and just cool. Like, I can't say enough good things about him. Yeah. Right, yeah, he was on Pulp last night. Actually, he was in studio last night with uh, Andrew Short, and they talked about X-Brand quite a bit. As You know, Steve. Steve's a big supporter of yours and has worked for you. And, and then, of course, Gary Sutherland's wearing X-Brand too, isn't he? Yeah, and Gary's another one. He's just an, he's a great dude as well. He's uh, looks like he's switching teams next year. I think he's going to a, a KTM um, from Suzuki. 
Um, yeah, and he's amazing out here. And then back east, you know, Josh Strang, who's a GNCC guy from uh, Australia that, that's, that's awesome. And the Baylor, bro- the Baylor brothers, man, Stuart and Grant, those guys, they're awesome. And again, if you guys don't know who they are, don't follow the opera. You got to just go follow their Instagram and stuff. These two guys are so freaking fast. And again, they look like football players, too. They're like big kind of husky dudes. <laughs> And they are, um, like, you know, Stewart won the last GNCC. Like, that's the real deal, man. That's, like, the fastest off-road dudes, you know, around. Um, but he's, yeah, they're just funny. They like to drink beer, and they like <laughs> to just have fun. And, and it's not your typical, you know, motocross guy. It's, uh, they're, they're good dudes, yeah, for sure. Well, how about, uh, how about um, you know, I, you talked about all these, uh, you know, the, the big guys, the fast guys and stuff like that on the nationals and GNC for some of, uh, of these amateur guys and stuff, y'all have a, a program and stuff to, to kind of get into, to where these guys can send you resumes or how would, how would some of these amateurs try to, to get a little, you know, little help or little pat on the back or something every once in a while from, uh, from, you know, the X brand goggle company. I know, that they're the ones out there, you know, the ones buying most of the time and stuff, and and just trying to, you know, see what, see how those guys can get about it. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. We've uh, we've had our uh, our uh, sponsorship program open for about a month now, and it'll go all the way um, through the end of the year. Um, all you got to do is send, you know, just send me like a small resume. I don't need a detailed one. Just kind of where you are, what what races you sort of did this year and which ones you did, you're going to plan on doing next year. And we've got so many different programs. We try to try to get everybody on something if we can, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, where would they, where would they send that to? I mean, what, uh, to just to you there at X-Brand Goggles or? Yeah, if you just go to our website and hit contact us, mm-hmm. uh, it's info at EKS brand. Um, and, uh, yeah, it comes right to us. You know, we get, we get probably a hundred of them a day already, but <laughs> yeah. we want more. We need as many as we can. For well, I've, sure. got, I've got to go print something you know? out tomorrow so I can, uh, send in my resume. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it, man. I mean, <laughs> you know, I see more and more presence of X brand out here in Texas as I, you know, I try to push it and promote it. And then a lot of guys have, you know, gotten on the sponsorship program with you. And, and I mean, you know, it's a slow build. You've been in business a pretty good while. I still have people come up to me and goes, I've never heard of that. I'm like, man, dude, all these guys are wearing them, you know, and I'll name these guys off. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It just, it's a process, man, I guess. You know, when you don't have, like I said, that that money tree out back, you know, of to to promote or put on the on the top guys, it's just, you just have to keep plugging away and know that you have a, a fantastic product and let word of mouth spread. Well, that's exactly it. You know, unfortunately, our industry and you know is is all about the latest and the greatest and and who the top guy is and sort of that's kind of what everybody sees. Where you know it takes a lot of money to to kind of compete with that. You yeah, know, there's a couple of goggle companies out there <laughs> with a lot more than I got. So. You know, we do what we can. We're doing really well. We're with Western Power Sports, and those guys are amazing. Every rep they have is just just pretty much kicks ass, especially the guys in Texas. Um, but, you know, even their entire group of reps are just, they're moto core guys, yep. they're enthusiasts, and, 
and they're doing, you know, the best they can for sure, and they, they, they're awesome. So, you know, we kind of just sort of run a grassroots program. We, we, you know, like I said, we try to sponsor the top privateers in the country if we can. Um, you know, the guys who, you know, who hopefully if you're a, if you're a, if you're, if you have any knowledge of motocross and you see that, you know, Tomac's wearing Oakley's, well, would he really wear that goggle if he wasn't getting paid, you know, the hundred grand a year to wear it? I don't know, you know, maybe sure. those the goggles, not a bad goggle, but there's some other goggle companies out there that, are paying you know a hundred grand to some of these guys that their goggle isn't that good to be honest with you, well, you know? yeah so, without blow you know, when, go ahead yeah go ahead well just you know the, the the anybody who's kind of smart will look at like these off-road guys okay these off-road guys i'm not paying them really hardly any money i'm paying them a good contingency they could get you know that money from anybody but they wear my goggles because yeah. they know they work and these top privateers the same thing like i'm not paying them a bunch of money because i can't but, and they can get any, you know, they can get as much as I'm paying them from anybody, but they wear my goggle because it works, you know? So, yeah, for me, one of the major goggle companies that I'm not going to blow them out, but you see them on the podium a lot. Um, a lot of people around here wear that particular brand because they see everybody wearing them on TV and they wear them. And then I go out to a local track and say, Hey, try, try, try this day's X brand, take a pair of mine, go out and see what you think. And inevitably, they come in and say, oh, my God, these things are fantastic. Like, the nose guard doesn't hit my nose like on the, the other brand, you know. And I, I feel yeah. like, because a lot of people say, I don't like wearing a nose guard because it hits my nose or whatever. Well, try these because I promise you it doesn't. And, and yeah, when, the, when you do the, the taste test and you go out on the track and wear them, I think there's a big difference in yours and, and some of the other guys. Well, there is, and, and especially in the price points, too. Yeah, but, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just something that people need to just sort of realize, and <laughs> I wish more people would realize it. But anyways, um, no, I appreciate all the goggle talk, but what about what about Supercross? Who, who do you got this year? Who's going to win the championship? Uh, I'm going to go Eli, man. Eli. Uh, really? Yeah, I, I think... Really? I, I'm, I think... I want to say he's got uh, the the mental things, the little flubs behind him. And I, I just, man, I, I don't know, dude, I say that. And then you, you can make an argument for so many of them, you know, Jason Anderson's a bad dude and Roxon may be back. And I'm, man, I'm hoping Zacho is right there with him. So it's, I'm going Eli, but it could be anybody realistically. How about you? How about, how about Plessinger? Yeah. I I I really really think that Zacho Plessinger and Savacci are going to play a much bigger role than people are giving them credit for. Yeah, I think uh, I think Savacci is going to be good too. Believe it or not, yeah, I know a lot of people think that's crazy, but that that kid's pretty focused and yep. And I think he just does his work and doesn't let anybody see what he does, and he's going to go out there and haul ass for sure. And Anderson is I mean, he's. He's badass too, you know that. I'd love to see Zach do well, but um, yeah, I'm sure he will. But yeah, I think I think those guys that, that we just mentioned are going to be the, the guys for sure. And you know, Marvin, he always he always seems to get up there as well. You yeah, know? he's he's having knee surgery, isn't he? Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. I don't think it's official yet, but yeah, it definitely sounds like it. Yeah, so. so I kind of have taken him out of the run for the championship anyway, but. Um, I, I, dude, 
every year we go in, I'm like, oh, this is going to be such a great year. And, and I, you know, barring any crazy injuries, you know, we've already seen what happened with Weston. Anything could happen, but there's a lot of guys, even Barsha. Like, I, I have no doubt Barsha can win some races. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. It'd be right. cool to see some more guys win. Like, you know, we all know Tomac's a machine, but right. gosh, I'd love to see somebody come out and just do something every week. Wouldn't that be pitching if we had yes. five different winners in the first five races? Hell yeah, it would be. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and you feel like going in, like, we should be able to have that. But then you in it, you get a couple rounds in, and you see, all right, well, these two or three guys are just on a different level, unfortunately. But, dude, I hope it's very equal. I would, yeah, I'd love to see. I'd love to go four or five rounds and not have Jason or Eli win a race. Let's let you know, <laughs> let's get Barso win and hell, Plessinger win. And Dino is one of my guys. You know, I'd love to see Dino do well. But he's you know not having a ride. Who knows what's going to happen with him. Yeah, we don't even know what he's going to ride yet, huh? Nope, he hasn't announced it yet. Uh, Crazy. Hell, we don't even know what, you know, technically, we don't even know what TV channel it's going to be on yet. (laughs) That's very true, I guess, huh? It's crazy. This year is just weird. Well, I'm I'm going Roxon myself. That's where I'm going, you know. Yeah. Anderson or Roxon. You know, Rock's gonna be there every week. He'll be there every week. He's he's a fighter for sure. Yeah, you know the guy's just got heart, man. He just he just has heart, and that's what uh that's what I'm going with. Well, hey, how about your boys? How about Richard and Zach? What are their plans for nineteen? Um, Richard, he's, he's going to stay amateur again. He's going to stay A class one more year. You know, he kind of missed his whole B season because yep. he got he blew his knee out and then he he. Went to Loretta's and got fourth, so he got bumped up to the A class right away. And uh, he uh, he actually won a moto at Loretta's this year, but you know, for next year, we just decided to instead of going full pro, he's going to stay A class one more year and try to try to do something. Um, looks like he's probably going to be switching bikes. Um, we don't know exactly what to yet, but uh, I, I don't know if he'll be on Suzuki again next year or not. So okay. we're still working it out. And then Zach's just, he's just been, you know, he's going to school and, and riding and he's ripping too. We just did the big day in the dirt race this weekend out at Glen Helen. It's a, it's a big Red Bull day in the dirt. It's a pretty fun event. Big kind of grand. It's like a five and a half minute course, sort of a Grand Prix. They have like 45 minute motos and they have these really fun team races. And actually Zach and I did the father son team race. We, we almost lapped the entire field. And, you know, <laughs> oh, wow. cool. and then, uh, and then Richard and Zach did the, the, like the brother team race the next day and they killed everybody. So it was, it was a pretty fun weekend. For awesome. Sure. Yeah. I need so. to get Richard and Zach on here. I had Richard on, you know, shoot, it's been a while now, but I've never had Zach on. So we need to get them on before the amateur se- se- uh, season kind of kicks off and see where they're at and how they're doing. Yeah, yeah, totally. They'd be stoked. Yeah, you need Zach on there. He's a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a chance to to hang out with your kids a little bit at uh, Glen Helen last year and Freestone. And man, yeah, you got you got a hell of a family. And I uh, I really appreciate all, everything you've done for me. No, I, I appreciate what you do for me, man. Yeah, are you kidding? Love it. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's funny. Um, so last night Berluti was in studio with Pulp. And uh, they're talking goggle talk. You know, of course, Mathis is always talking about X-Brand. And 
Berlitti's like, oh, man, you, I've never really tried him. You know, he's an Oakley guy. So I, I called him earlier, and uh, I said, hey, would you try him if I sent you some? And he's like, well, yeah, yeah. So Ber- we're going to get Berlitti in some X-Brand. I'm sending him some out tomorrow. <laughs> Berlitti knows how to get a hold of me, man. I know. He, he said He said that. Funny. He said that, but I was like, "Dude, I, that this was my deal. I, I, I want to. I'm going to hook him up because I love Berluti, man. He's just such a. He is a fantastic dude. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Now he used to hook me up when I was privateer racing nationals and supercrosses. I always, whenever I was in a panic, I just run over to his truck. <laughs> he helped me out with parts, and nice going, uh, clutches, and whatever I needed back in the day. Yeah, I know he used. No, he. He's probably man over probably almost thirty years. Oh, over maybe over thirty years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just met him this year at um, Houston. It's so early Supercross is the first time I ever met him, but we hit it off right away. And he he just he's just a nice guy, man. I, I found him at MX of Nations. Had to walk through the eighty thousand people till I found him, but got to spend about 20 minutes with him there and he yeah he's he's a rad rad dude so the guy's just as crazy yeah. as he was back in the hannah days <laughs> yeah probably oh my god <laughs> yeah. Yeah. wow and, yeah he 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 definitely knows how to have fun or use him for sure absolutely for sure. man well rich i'm gonna let you go man i appreciate you coming on tonight and uh you know i always enjoy talking to you and and thanks for everything you do no thank you i i Appreciate coming on anytime. Anytime you want to BS about anything, let me know. For we'll, sure. Will do, man. Thanks, Rich. You have a good All night. Right, guys. All right. See ya. See we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. So, yeah, Rich Taylor, X Brand Goggles. If you guys, you know, they're not a sponsor of the show, but if you have any interest in getting some X Brand Goggles, eksbrand.com or just hit me up on my uh, social and I'll, I'll get you taken care of. We're going to take our last break, and we'll be right back with uh, John from Bud Racing. Again, we are back. Um, it's been a great night on episode 102 of the Moto X Pod Show. And next on the phone is Mr. John Soriano with Bud Racing USA. John, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Really excited to be in the program. Yeah, we appreciate it. You know, my my producer who's not here tonight, TJ, I, he uh, he met you, I guess, and he got me your information. And we're excited to have you on to give us a little background about what you do and how you got involved with Bud Racing and the history of Bud Racing. Well, to give you a little bit of the history of the of the company, uh, Bud Racing actually is a French-owned company, and Bud Racing in France is about the size of, uh, I would say, very close or almost the same size as Pro Circuit here in the States. Oh, wow, okay. So, so the, the company's been around since the early to mid-90s, uh, and it's family-owned. Um, they do a lot of races in Europe, Right uh, for the last year, year or two years, they've been doing uh, EMX 125, uh, EMX 250, and next year they're doing MX2. So 
So they have they have two riders and they they do the circuit and they're 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 a very popular uh, company in Europe. They're actually, like I said, you know, they're the equivalent of uh, of BC over there. Yeah, I, I saw at, I think it was at Paris that they that you guys helped out uh, Tyler Bowers. Yes, this uh, last this year and last year we uh, we had Tyler Bowers as uh, one of our riders. Uh, Tyler rode the 250 class last year. And this year he uh, he rode the 450 class. Unfortunately, he was riding injured, so the results uh, did show didn't he didn't finish where he wanted to be. Basically, yeah, we actually had him on last week, and I know he had had some pins taken out of his finger, and uh, you know, so he struggled a little bit. But that's you know that's still cool that you guys helped him out when he came over, and um, so Bud Racing. I mean, you guys do what motor work, suspension work, everything, right? That is correct. Yes, we do. We do motor work. We do. We are for you for the U.S. market. We are the importer and the distributor for HGS pipes. We have been using. We have been in partnership with HGS for probably I would say at least a minimum of ten years, maybe longer. Oh, okay. Um, the two the, the two owners of the each company are really good. Uh, they've known each other for a very long time, so you know they're they're supporting each other basically. So your role, you you run the U.S. division, correct? Yes, I run the U.S. operations pretty much uh, everything, and I wear a lot of hats. So <laughs> everything from phones to email to picking and packing the orders and all of that stuff, I, it falls under my hat. And if somebody in the states wanted to get some work done from Bud. Um, how how do they do that? They just go through the website, or um, you know what what's um, go ahead. Yeah, what it is is that if they need to get some work done, it's more of uh, they just have to basically contact the shop uh, here in California or or through the website via email, and then we can we can discuss um, in in detail what they're looking what they're looking to do if like they want a full motor work or full suspension work. Um, sure, we can. Uh, we can make it happen for them. Um, as long as, you know, the, the demand is within a reasonable time, you know, we can always make it happen for them. And, and what are your goals with Bud Racing USA? Are, I mean, are there going to be, are you going to sponsor some Supercross riders? We kind of talked about this a little bit off air, but, you know, are you going to do a push for outdoors for any teams? What are the, you know, what's the 2019 goal and maybe even a, like a five-year plan? Um, the, the 2019 focus right now is on MX2. Okay. So the last three, sorry, the last two years, 2016 and 17, they did bring in some, uh, in 2016, they brought in some riders from Europe to ride a little bit of Supercross for Mm -hmm. the first six rounds. And then in, in 2017, they brought, well, we signed Tristan Charbonneau and, uh, at that time, and Marshall Welton was a uh, was a late add-on, so Tristan did a, a few rounds of Supercross before they headed to Europe for the EMX 250 Championships. And in 2018, uh, their focus was on the EMX 250 uh, Championship. So uh, the the and then the focus for the focus for 2019 is MX2 right now. So. As far as long-term plans for Supercross, it's kind of uh, up in the air uh, where it's going to end up for the next uh, foreseeable future. Okay. 
So what what do you what would you say is your specialty as far as what you guys do? Is it I mean, is it pretty equal between motor work and suspension work, or is there something that you guys feel like you really are the elite at? It's a combination of both. It's a little bit more of uh, of um, we we have good motor we have good motor packages. It all depends on the budget of the uh, the budget of the of the rider that wants the motor done. But for our for our race team, um, obviously, you know, um, the motors are very well are very well made. They're they're they put out good power. And on the suspension side, we are partnered with Olens in Sweden. But we are also for the U.S. market. We are also a prime dealer for uh, or an elite dealer for Olin. So anyone that wants to get Olin suspension for their bikes doesn't matter what brand it is. Yeah. Uh, six major manufacturers. You know, we can um, we can accommodate them. So and then uh, the suspension comes specific for the rider. So you were talking about on on motor stuff. Uh, you were talking about the 125s and, and all that. Are, are y'all uh, targeting more of the two-stroke industry, or are you, you you know just going all the way across the board, four-stroke and two-stroke? It's both. It's both. It's both two-stroke and four-strokes. Because what it is is that we have good, we have really good packages for for super mini uh, engines, and on the 85 all the way down to the 50, really more than anything else. Um, we we never left. The, uh, we never left the two-stroke market because it's still a good uh, percentage of our business on the pipes and silencers and uh, cylinder heads and inserts. Uh, if you look at our product line on the website, it's a, it's a variety of product. So we, we never left the two-stroke market as well, but also on the four-stroke, we, we're also making gains in our R&D on, the, uh, on how the motors are basically put together. Nice. Well, well I, I got a question on that. Uh, you know, I grew up racing two strokes. Well, okay, let me get back to this. Uh, <laughs> let me go back to the start. I right, grew up, started out on four strokes, okay, and then we moved into the two-stroke industry, and it went for years and years and years. You know, okay, now, over the last, since uh, like 2000, you know, somewhere in there, uh, not exactly sure what year the, the first – four banger came out again and stuff, you know, and, uh, and hit the, hit the circuit. But, um, now what I'm finding is that, you know, a lot of people are kind of, you know, moving back towards that two stroke industry again. I, I know I am, I've got, I've got a four stroke, but I've got like five or six other two strokes that I'm riding all the time now from, from 82 models all the way up to, uh, 2004 models. And I mean, it, it, are you finding that a little bit more p- people are moving back towards the two-stroke industry and getting out of the four-strokes? Well, I grew up riding two-strokes, and I'm more of a two-stroke rider than than a four-stroke rider. But I, from a market standpoint, it's an it's an affordability issue for the general public. That's why they're going back to two-strokes. I mean. It's something that you can do in your garage. You can do, you can replace the top end in a matter of two and a half to three hours. You can go racing the next day with very minimal cost. With a with a four stroke, obviously there's more parts. You know, there's more parts moving inside the motor, which equates to more parts can also break and more <laughs> parts need to be replaced. So the affordability of racing two strokes versus two strokes is basically night and day. 
And that's why a lot of people are going back to the two-strokes with the revival of the 125 classes here in the state. It's always, uh, I mean, the general public has been receptive to the fact that we all have this um, all-star races or, you know, they call the, I wouldn't say sideshow, but uh, for lack of a better word, the... uh, the one to five classes at the nationals that they're doing, I think they're doing more this year than they did last year. But the the I guess the the love of the uh, American public for the on the two strokes is coming back because of its affordability. You know, uh, a dad and a, and a son can work on their bikes together in the evening and race the next day or go out riding the next day. And to me, that's where the root of the sport is. It's the, that's where the grassroots of the sport are, and we have to keep that alive so that the industry is still affordable and anyone can go, go out and ride. So are y'all putting someone on one of those 125s for that, for that, uh, challenge race or whatever they're calling it? Cause I, I really enjoy watching the, those, uh, 42 bumblebees coming off the gate all at the same time. <laughs> it just, it's, it's just an awesome sound. So are y'all going to have a rider riding, riding those races also? Well, in Europe, you know, for bud racing in Europe, um, the 125 class is thriving very well. They they have an FIM series, and that one it's only a 10 race, nine or nine or 10 race series that's piggyback to the MXGP schedule. Now that's more a so, junior class, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's for they call it the junior class for 14 to 17 year olds that gets a chance to race at a GP track, fully prepped. And, you know, they get the recognition of being a 125 champion in that class, just like I would say maybe equivalent to our, I would say equivalent to our Loretta class because it's a little bit more, it's a little bit more uh, a bigger scale over there. So I would say it would be almost like having a 125 national title here. Yes, you know, the AMA would bring that back, which would be nice if they would. But. As far as us putting a rider on a on a one twenty five, that's kind of up to the decision of corporate. Unfortunately, I cannot make that decision <laughs> if they're going to put one rider right um, into into a uh, into one of those dream races. Yeah. Uh, the thing the thing is that we are a Kawasaki back. We are a Kawasaki sponsored team in Europe. So unfortunately, Kawasaki doesn't make a X one twenty five anymore. So when we won the twenty seventeen. Uh, 125 EMX Championship with uh, Brian Moreau, um, we were using uh, another brand of 125. Um, there's only three manufacturers out there, or two major manufacturers, if you, you really want to uh, consider uh, the orange and white bike <laughs> to be under one umbrella. Yep. Right, right. But, yeah, so, I mean, it's always... And, and, and it, the the manufacturers that we used to have were very happy that we won the we won the title under their brand. But you know, it's it's something that um, I think the other manufacturers should pick up the ante and uh, you know bring back the one twenty five. At least for that matter, because I, you know, on the on the on the one twenty fives is that it's a good stepping stone for for riders coming off of the super mini. I mean, coming from super mini straight to a two fifty four so it's. It's actually a big step, you know. Yes, it the, the is. Kids are, the kids are coming up with, with a, uh, uh, that are 13, 14 years old. They're, they're fast. They're getting taller. But their strength isn't there yet. It's not, they don't have the, what you call the man strength. They have the boy strength. So 
in order to ride a 250, obviously, as fast as you can and as good as you can, you have to have the strength to do it. I mean, I'm not saying that the riders are, are you know, no disrespect to the riders that have gone from super minis to, to, uh, to, to 54 strokes. They're good, but with, a, with, with another displacement size, I think in between would just help them yeah, basically it, it, have, a, I would say, a more healthy and longer career, I would say, yeah, and be yeah. ready for this fight. A better stepping stone. Yeah, it, I mean, it'd be like in the '80s or '90s if they went from '80s to straight to the 250. You just didn't do that. You had to have that in between development. That's you know, physically, de- those years of 14, 15, 16. There's a lot of physical development going on. That yeah, it's a big jump. I agree with you 100. percent Yeah, I, uh, I I grew up uh, I grew up in the '80s racing in the '80s and. Uh, to be honest with you, I rode almost pretty much every displacement bike that was available back then. Mm-hmm. I started on a little Honda 50, uh, moved up to YZ80, and by the time I got to be for the YZ80, I wasn't strong enough to handle a 125. <laughs> so, I don't know if you remember back in the day that they had the air-cooled YZ100s on a on a uh, full-size <laughs> frame full-size yep. bike with 160 motor on it yeah yep. so i had i had to go through that just so that you know i i could learn a little bit make me a little bit more of a better rider well, and I'm a- it actually does because with the with the with the 100 cc engine on a full full-size bike it's um you know you have to maintain speed going into the turns to keep the momentum and you know you just have to learn how to do that absolutely learning technique <laughs> yeah, well, yeah exactly I'll date myself a little bit. I, I actually kind of grew up with the 105s when they first came out there. We were putting 100 motors in 80 frames, and then we uh, <laughs> I raced against Jeff Ward and those guys on their mini Elsinore 125s that they actually sleeved down to 100s and put smaller wheels on. So, um, And then we moved to the 100s and put 100s in 125 frames and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, but mods. It has, uh, you know, <laughs> Every week we were putting something somewhere else that it wasn't supposed to be, you know, you know, back then in the seventies. So, um, so yeah. y'all, y'all were going to, uh, contest the, the supercross, uh, some of the supercross, uh, series. And then, uh, is that going to be, uh, both East coast and West coast, or is that going to be just the, uh, just the West coast or. It's going to be mostly just the West coast for the time being, because we don't have really any, we don't have any, uh, would say assets in the uh, in the East Coast that are stationary. We have obviously our equipment here is in California, so the the West Coast would be a more logical choice for us. That if we ever go do campaign a full West Coast series, but um, that will be up to corporate to decide if right. they want to go that route because their main focus is always the main focus for bud racing will always be here for the time being. Yeah, uh, and I, my last, I have one last question for you. Um, and, and like, I, I think it's great to see other businesses come in and make a push, you know, and the, you got the the teams that we know of, the pro circuits and the FMFs, and but to have another team and a, a French-based team come over and, and, and make an impact, I think is, I think it's really good. Um, and I, I have some, I'm curious if you've had any negative pushback because Americans sometimes can be buttholes. Let's just put it that way. You know, I, I talked to Marvin about this and Dylan Ferrandez about the the reaction that they would get sometimes from the American fans um, 
which I think was unprecedented or unwarranted. Have you have you noticed any of that with the business that maybe people are any negativity? Um, yes, we do from time to time. Uh, just because um, when Bud Racing first started here in in the U.S., they obviously brought in a couple people from from France actually to take over. Mm-hmm. I mean, to run the business here, and the way the businesses are run in Europe is a bit different. So I the companies started here. I think they opened their doors in twenty late twenty thirteen or early or middle twenty fourteen. So they've been around now for roughly four and a half years, and I have been with the company now for two and a half years. Okay. So I guess two years into the two years into the shop opening here in the states, they the owner actually uh, made the decision to hire somebody that's from the U.S. to uh, that understands the. Uh, the market here, and that's pretty much what my job is is to is to tell everybody what Bud Racing is all about. And as far as to answer your question about the the unfavorable uh, treatment that we've gotten or the negative treatment that we've received from from the from the motocross public, you know, there's always going to be, I guess, what it is. What I'm trying to say is that you can't make everybody happy. Sure. Yeah. You're, um, that's true. It, each each company, I understand whether it be us or somebody else, um, has its flaws, and obviously we we do our best to make the customer happy, and 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 uh, at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, we we strive our best, and you know, we always go go home at the end of the day, happy and happy and positive about the fact that you know we've always done our best. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm 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 glad there's more companies. I I I definitely am not one that is. I don't know if prejudice is the right word, but I don't have any prejudices against teams from other countries coming over here. If you have a good product and you want to be involved in the sport that I love, I'm I'm happy to have you. And uh, yeah, just I was just curious because I found it really crazy. Um, I think it was at Muddy Creek when. Marvin was getting booed, you know, how it happened. started in Supercross with the Eli Tomac incident, which, like I told Marvin after that, you know, if Eli, if the roles had been reversed, that crowd would have went crazy for Eli. They would have cheered, and it's just absolutely ridiculous that, you know, anybody would throw a middle finger up at Marvin or Dylan just because they're French. I, I just don't, I don't understand it at all, but, hey, I'm, I'm glad you guys are here and, and making an impact and, and, making a presence i think it's fantastic well how how can uh you know how can everybody you know go to y'all's website and stuff where where do they find y'all for these guys out here that don't know well what we what we have what we're basically trying to do is offer the the motocross public a uh, a third option basically as far as product goes you know if uh, uh there's always if you want to try our product and you're happy with it that's good if you're you tried our product and you're not happy with it, let us know because then we'd like some feedback, you know, we how to improve our product to basically uh, what the American public wants. And, you know, we, and, you know, on the, on the, on the flip side of that one too, Marvin and Dylan has actually written for Bud Racing when they were back in Europe. A, a lot of writers that, a lot of French writers actually have gone through our doors. I mean, you got Dylan Ferrandes, you got Marvin Muscan, um, you got, I think David Billman at some point also has written for us. Um, La Cobra, yeah. So there's um there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of 
people that are coming to our doors that are that are already in uh, that are basically in the Ameri- in American motocross. Right. Well, for for the, and you know we'd like to obvious obviously um, provide as best service as we can to the motocross public, and you know they can reach us on our website. It's uh, www.budracing-usa.com or they can send me an email at info at budracingusa.com, you know, and then uh, definitely, or give us a call back, you know, our information's on our website, you know, if you have any questions about our products. Absolutely. John, man, thank you for coming on. It was really great talking to you. And, uh, hey, do you plan on making any of the Supercross races this year yourself? Um, well, there's a couple of teams that we, we support for West Coast Supercross. Uh, JMC Motorsports is one of them. They're mm-hmm. out of uh, Pasco, Washington. And, um, yeah, probably I'll be at Anaheim one, just, you know, being Joe spectator and all that, <laughs> just, you know, taking everything in since we don't have, um, we don't have a rider that's, uh, that's going to be racing that, uh, the first few supercrosses since, you know, like I said, the focus for bud racing right now is MX2 in Europe. Well, cool. I, I'll be at A1 myself, um, so I'll text you, and I'd love to say hi to you and, and meet you. Yeah, definitely. We'd like, yeah, I'd like to get together with uh, with you guys. You know, it's always good to put a face behind a right. company or a uh, or, or a uh, an organization that puts out a lot of effort into the motocross community. Absolutely. Well, thanks, John, for coming on tonight for a little bit and uh, telling us about what you're doing. It's really cool, and we were honored to have you on. Well, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. You have a good night, and we'll uh, I'll, I'll I'll text you when I get to a- Anaheim. All right, definitely. Yeah, just give me all over when you're down here in SoCal so we can somehow get together at one point. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You have a good night. You too. Cool. So, yeah, it's another company that's in the mix. I didn't know a whole lot about it. You know, I've seen their logos on bikes and I've seen some advertisements, but didn't didn't know much about them. And, you know, shame on me for not looking into it. I mean, you know, to be honest. Well, I mean, I'm 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 going to look a little bit more into because I I haven't been following them at all. But, you know, me being a big push on two stroke stuff. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm really interested to see what they have to offer, you know, here in the States for, you know, for the two stroke industry. So definitely. Well, Derek, man, thanks for coming in tonight and sitting in. Um, it was kind of a last-minute thing. We had, I literally, guys, I had three people that were supposed to be in studio tonight. Um, one of them got sick themselves. Most of Mark was going to be in. His daughter got sick, and then my buddy Wes, who's a truck driver, got called out, and then they all had to cancel today. And Derek took the call, and uh, <laughs> he came ready to go, man. As always, I know people like you on here, so I, I appreciate you doing it for us. Well, I appreciate the invite, man. Hell you yeah, know. absolutely. <laughs> it's always fun. But um, guys, remember all the the giveaways we're doing. or talked about we're going to do an Amsoil giveaway on Patreon, so our Patreon listeners. In the next week, please hit me up on there. Send us, you know, you, through the contact. Let us know why you like the show. We'll pick a winner of the Amsoil Four Stroke giveaway from Dane Evans with Mad Jack Synthetics. Uh, Brett Hooper with uh, Works Wheels and Mods is going to get give away a free Cerakoting. All you have to do is pay for shipping on whether it be a clutch clutch cover or stator cover. And I want you to do that through Instagram. Post pictures of the part that you want Cerakoted. And tag at Works Wheels and Mods and at Moto X Pod Show. We'll pick our winner of that in the next couple weeks. And the Extreme Colors Helmet Giveaway, Fly Racing Helmet, Carbon F2, 
Kirk is working on that. I have no idea what he's doing to it. I just hand it to him to do what you will. But I will let you guys know on the next show how we're going to give that away. So thanks again for listening. Hit me up on social media. Let us know what you think. And we will see you soon. 